Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a podcast full of premium cigars, premium spirits, rare whiskeys, and always our entertaining banter. Follow the Viking, the Bourbon Cowboy, and their rambunctious group of friends as they travel, smoke, sip, and talk. Grab a cigar, pour your favorite whiskey. Cheers. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Craft Imperial Podcast. Uh, we are in a new location. Um, what do you call this location? The Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Martini Bar Ranch. You guys didn't hear I didn't bring my water, uh, Master. So, dude, you're going to jack that whole thing up. There's right. an effort to this. Oh man, beautiful. I don't know how I jacked it anyway, up. This, is, it this is the Viking. Um, we are here at the Martini Bar Ranch. Yeah, well, no martinis, guys. Not tonight. Um, and we'll work that out in a minute, but I'm sitting here with the infamous Bourbon Cowboy. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, I was already in there. Yeah, he was already there. And the Ginger from the North. Yeah, so explain this Martini Bar Ranch, dude. Uh, it was the name on the property when I bought it. So uh, right on, and out here on a on Whiskey Drive. So it was one of those. Just the name on the road was. I'm like, this is this is the house. Oh, really? Be in. Yeah. This is so Whiskey Drive. Yep. And that one property's Bourbon Acres. Yep. And uh, a lot, all, a lot of the properties out here all have liquor names. Oh, so that's awesome, and it, it's cool because all the families that live out here—they're all—they're all related pretty much, except for me and the guy at the very end of the road. So, because the road goes back about another half mile. And well, this is going to be interesting. Old bourbon cowboy ain't had no scotch in a while. Yeah, so we're opening up here. Um, we haven't—we don't do scotch often. We haven't done it very often, but everyone knows that I am. Uh, a huge McAllen nut. So the sad, unfortunate thing about this is we picked up the edition number six today, um, which if you're talking label and color, that's probably the best colored label I've seen. It's pretty cool. It's like a- It is. What is it, light, just light blue, is that what you call that? Or? <clears throat> it's kind of a, um, well, probably as close as you can get is like a powder blue. It's a medium blue, but it's got it's a special blue. You can For tell sure. they've, they've gone into it. It's vibrant, but it's it's kind of like a powder blue. Yeah. And then the other one was, what was the last one? Number five. Is that like more of a purple one? Yeah, the, the thing about the number five was the McAllen uh, actually went to the color industry or color capital of the world and um, designed a color purple that went on that bottle. So the unfortunate thing about this, this is the last edition that they're doing. They were doing six editions. Um, and it says the limited edition has been created in cal uh, collaboration with Hardy to pay um, homage to the natural landscape and the aspiring river Spey, which form part of the McCallans estates. Um, so again, no age statement. I think if we're if we're right on the additions, all the additions are blends between 12 and 25. Um, so this would be kind of cool to get into this and to do a scotch. So the la I think the last scotch we did was the fifth edition McAllen. So why not go in order? Yeah. <laughs> let's find out. Let's cheers this, take a sip, and then let's get into uh, 
Cheers. While we're smoking. Thanks for having us to the Martini Ranch. It's very, very Isla. Isla and Spay, a little peat on the nose. Citrusy. Wow. Okay. Uh, again. I like it right off the bat for some reason. It, it doesn't have that, that strong earthy flavor. That does not suck is what that does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there so, is some peat on the nose, but after you yep. even retro it and get it in there and whatever, you've got that nice burn, almost like a bourbon, and now it's going down, and it is sweet and fruity, but I'm not getting what I normally get from a scotch. Yeah, I think that like peaty nose kind of turns into like an almond kinda, or a cashew. It kind of blows up on your mouth, yeah. too. Yeah, it's and, uh, like a little fucking circus. It's vis the viscosity. It's the viscous. <laughs> That's an inside joke. Viscous. <laughs> it's viscous. So we we did not plan this, but we kind of this is going to be an opening Tatuaje cigar episode. Um, the ginger from the north is boring. He's only smoking the most smoked cigar ever on the podcast. Well, uh, the Karloff. It's <laughs> only because, you know, I have them. That, that's true, and I don't. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just happened to be at old Captain Z's, and I getting around to smoking all the Tatoahe, and then they had this black label, and um, we would call this a Corona size, correct? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Corona. And, um, which is nice, and... Um, I had one the other night. I'm getting ready to have my second. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm I'm kind of excited the way it's going to pair up with this uh, McAllen because I might have to add another McAllen to my collection. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and get another one of these bottles. Um, and I am smoking uh, the newly acquired um, Atlit Cigar Lounge, our locker sponsor, the Tatuaje Reserva Broadleafs. Um, so I smoked one of these last night. I actually was over here at the Martini Bar Ranch putting up a TV with uh, old Frenchie. Um, and it was an amazing cigar on the drive. Uh, oh, I know exactly what I was gonna ask you in the right over here now. I'll save it though, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see this against um, the McCallum as well. To be honest, I was a little nervous about this edition because um, I kind of felt like the additions were starting to slump a little. You know, like one through four, there were so many unique things that were done. You know, like three was done with one of the top restaurateurs in France. Um, four was done with the top uh, perfume maker in the world. So it was very um, nosy. You know, it was very aromatic, the whiskey was. And then five, I was nervous about because the, the special thing about it was McAllen's color purple. There's a color purple McAllen purple now. Um, but we liked that a lot, especially that was the initial favorite pairing against that Partagas number five. Yep. And then the Blood Oath Pack five was the the one that took that win. And then what was the price point on this? Uh, that's the thing that, that I'm wary of. It's 144 for the bottle. What did um, I tell you the one that I saw in Illinois was? I want to say it was at like 100 or 120 maybe. I guess I could, I could look it up. Well, you did text it to me. You texted to me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. At least the first song we called. God, it may have been 150. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think I bought, because I have a five. No, wait a minute. Is this six, right? This is six, yeah. So I have a five on open box, and I want to say I got very fortunate and got that for around 100. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I remember the additions being... Maybe 120, 110. They weren't they weren't any more than classic cut, which is McAllen's cast strength. Um, and I, I got a classic cut today at 110 as well. So I don't know. 144. I mean, it's probably because it's the last one. It's the round out of the series. Um, but like everything, all good things don't come to an end. I do think this is something they won't stop. I don't. Now it may take a couple of years, or maybe they might start doing one. You know, every other year. Yeah, I wouldn't expect 20 or 30 editions, but I, it would be good to go to 10. I and think. you found this at Total Wine? Total Wine, yeah. Hmm. And yeah, they had more than one. They had six bottles left. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know left. I should have said they had six lined up on the shelf. And this is just shelf, not not case, not glass, nothing like that, just shelf. Um, yeah, so we'll fire all these guys up and uh, tell me how those things are going against that McCallum, man. And I do find it funny. I did look. We haven't done a whiskey since the edition five. But you mean um? Oh, I'm sorry, the scotch. scotch. Yeah. And most of the scotches we do are McAllen because before that we did the 17 year. And I think we did blackened, but I don't. I think we, that was off air. We, uh, no, we I think we did blackened. Oh, I think we did do a we, podcast. I think with we did. I, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, we did. Let me look at the pictures. We'll find out. I don't know. The back porch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think we did. Yep. We did yeah. blackened. Um, and then there was another one that was a, um, we did a Japanese. Uh, well, you brought, no, I think Sophia brought the Japanese early. I mean, these were early. That is the first podcast. No, you no, brought no. that round Japanese. Well, bottle. that was a biggie. I remember the, that was at the farm. He brought that to you. We did that podcast and you were at uh, red roof or red door. And you got some Japanese bottle that we opened. And what else? There's, a, I, I, um, hmm. Well, we've got, I, I would say at least eight bottles of scotchy. There's an Oregon scotchy one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean we have eight bottles? I'm saying we've got eight scotches of variety down in the bourbon bar. Cowboy bar? Yeah. Oh yeah, we got about, <laughs> A hundred plus, whatever I end up calling mine. Yeah. My entire McAllen collection. But I'm just saying, you know, if, now at, for our listeners, you guys know I'm remodeling the ranch. So the Cowboy Bar is no more for right now. We will uh, be back with something. I mean, or for all intents and purposes, the, the, the Cowboy Bar will redevelop at the farm. And we already have a small little bar there, but we'll reinvent that. But... Oh yeah, that'll come back. In That's the Cowboy Vault, I have a nice little selection. I, I have the McCallum. Which is cool, because you didn't have it. No. And that's a, that's a funny thing we talk about. Like, if, if we were to take pictures of our, our bars or our basements or, you know, where we have our stuff set up, when you would look at mine, it was 90% scotch all the time. Now you look at mine, and it's honestly, I've started not wandering around in scotch and just buying what I know I like and wandering around in bourbon. But the thing about bourbon that I found is there's more releases in bourbon than there is in the scotch world. Yeah. You know, like probably got 12 bottles of Booker's. Now they're not all the same one. They're from three different years and you got this and that. And, and then when you look at the cowboy bar or his staging area, wherever it's at, you look down over there on one of the corners, you know, there's a 2019 rare cask edition one. 
You know, it's not even like he got the edition. It's edition one rare cash from 2019. There's a um, um, number five, number five edition. And we got the um, blackened, and we got some Japanese, and we got some Oregon. Uh, which oh, is that's a single mall. Or the is it, is it blend? Yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at it in a while. But anyway, I you know I'm really considering the fact of having getting together with our group our cronies that follow uh, the Craft Impero and then some of our, my other friends and some of your, we should just have like uh, charge a little, you know, put a little dollar figure on it. And we need to, I need to empty some of them. Got a lot of half filled, you know. We could totally do that. Do a $25 ticket. Like say, hey, listen, you know, come on. you Let's, Let's empty some of these bottles, make room for some new shit. Well, let's do it and, and, and let's try it, man. I mean, um, our our blend samples went in the mail Tuesday. That's so we should cool. have, um, hopefully, if things work out and, you know, these guys are very attentive, we possibly could have our first cigar in January, um, which would be cool. But then you got to design a label. Um, we got to come up with a cigar name. Um, but that would be really cool. But then we could do something like that. You know, it would be cold outside. If my house ever fucking finishes, we could host it there. If not, um, you know, we could rent out a... We should just start a lottery now on when you get in your house. Like, everybody put <laughs> five <Five> squares. Bucks, <laughs> five squares <laughs> on, like, you know, when... And, we, and we, what we should do is we might as well just play the Super Bowl squares, too, and just yeah. guess teams, because we'll probably win everything right there watching the game. So That's my bet for my place to at least be the first stage to be done right is my bet is i think we'll be very 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 lucky if we can have a super bowl party or do you always say "Ooh, i've never don't had a always super bowl do party. anything i've never had a super yeah, bowl party. i don't i have back last last back year wisconsin last year was oh, the now, first Jimmy time Gamm does and you know if the Chiefs are in it to win it because they will again. So yeah. he'll have his. Yeah, well, then we'll, we'll do that. Yeah, Last well. year, because the Chiefs were in, was the first time I was like, yo, let's do this shit. We didn't get to go last year because we didn't confirm and he had too many people and we couldn't go. <laughs> anyway. Well, then you came to my house and we smoked that part against number five and that addition five and we won a Super Bowl. Exactly. So we put the voodoo on him. I have to say, um, so the first time. On the Craft Imperial show, show uh, talking about this black label. To be honest with you, I'm like way dumb on this. I just happened to, uh, uh, I don't even know who this is. I might have to take this. All right, you take your mic off. off. Take your mic off. You'll be yeah. all right. All right, Hodge got to yeah. grab a uh, business call. You know, getting his house worked on and stuff, so it's yeah. probably got something to do with. Yeah, with his with his work. Um, but what I'm gonna let him talk. We just talk about. It. He's talking about these new tattoos that he's been finding and and dealing with. But uh, this um this edition number six is very very good. I really want to commend this against um a a rare cask. I really think it sits well. It's got a lot of citrus to it, and there is a peaty nose. There is a peaty nose. And uh, man, we got a guy, he's here. Uh, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. We gotta get someone set up. We'll be right back, stay tuned. All right, guys, we are back. So we found this uh, 
lost Soviet wandering through the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Say what's up, man. Hello. <laughs> well, that's I'm the going, best he's ever done. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the mad Russians here with us. Say what's up, man. Let them know what you're smoking. Well, it, it seems I'm 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 gonna jump into Tatuaje too, the, or the Karloff. Yeah. Play. Officially the most smoked cigar on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna no go, I'm gonna have to count. I think we've smoked that cigar collectively. That's probably the twentieth stick that's been smoked on this podcast. Well, you know, I think the reason that happened is is because since I don't, I want to say I'm trying to think of the first time I smoked a Tatuaje, and I think I can tell you where and when. When? When we is the second time we drank together at that bar, um, and I had it's probably it one you you let me have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, but he, so, and the reason I'm saying Mark said that is because since we have started smoking them a little bit here and there, and then we got more, and then we, we had the Miami Ten, and then we had the Fifteen, and then we started talking monsters. This. Um, early, I want to say we started talking monster like uh, sampler packs early September, and then it just started building. What's coming out? What can we do? What can we find? I found a sampler pack. The next thing you know, we have a podcast, and he had a sampler pack delivered right during the podcast. Probably most gangster moment ever. <laughs> yeah, literally on. If you guys go back and listen to that podcast, I want to say it's like the hour. Of I think I screenshot. It's like the hour, four minute mark. Mark's got this UP. It's not even fucking open yet. Julian goes, it's going to be 100 bucks right now for that box. <laughs> he did. Right now. Yeah. Literally in front of him. It's like a drug deal gone wrong. $100. Like, then he goes, you guys want some? <laughs> you guys want some? <laughs> and then we spend the next 30 minutes, this guy trying to, the Frenchman here trying to cut up some names and put them in a hat. Yep. Uh, yeah, but the tatouage has gotten insane. Um, why don't you? Well, then at that point, why don't you talk about that black label? Yeah. Mark, I want you to taste on that six and let us know what you think of that. Because I'll tell you right now, I think it's, I compare it to 18 Rare Cask Edition 1. I think it is, look at that color. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's probably one of the best finished McAllen's <laughs> in a very long time. Here. Well, let me finish while he's getting his sip on here. Then we were just ripe, all talking about Tatawahe, and then they decided, well, we I don't even know if we knew. We, we had just kind of talked about, they sent a picture out of the box. Of the Karloff. They weren't gonna yeah. do releases, they were gonna do box, and it was gonna be the Karloff, and we just happened to be good timing. All of us got a box or two, so that's kind of how. Well, yeah. not all of us. <laughs> well, and then some of us even got some crazy good luck anyway yeah. well, we were doing that that zoom thing I'm trying to find out how these we were ordering fucking box <laughs> we, we were ordering on the zoom while we were doing the zoom podcast yeah. and everybody jumped on and ordered right away well that's when i fucked up because we're all hanging out talking and he pointed out the craft 2020 and i bought it like that everyone else bought the craft 2020 and the carlock box at the same time yeah. <laughs> i was like motherfuckers <laughs> But it's cool though, you guys have so many, I'll never run out. <laughs> well then, um, I was down at what the Russian calls the pirate bar and found those orange labeled 
Um, Take Zach out. I never. I always have a, a hard time pronouncing that one. Louis Vetus. Louis Vetus, and that I really liked. And then of course we were at Lit, our locker sponsor, and we had the 15, the white label Miami 15. I yeah. fell in love with that because it's so different. Well, then it brings me to where I am right now. I went to buy some more of my orange label Nevadas, and they had the black label, which I've never had before. And now this is my second one. I had one, and and I'm absolutely blown away by it. I love it. Yeah, black label is great. That's part of Tatuai. Yeah. I, th I think that's what he would call his core line. I think um, that's one of the stronger cigars that he produces that are, and they're just. Next to the brown label, my favorite. It's just that black, white, simple contrast. The it's boxes, a little different than the car. The boxes look like uh, you know the old American chopper jackets. Okay, yep. <laughs> boxes look like that. Okay. You know, what I mean, like it's it's like pressed into the wood or carved into the wood, then painted. Looks looks really really cool. But that's how Pete is. Everything he does is homage to Cuban style boxes and like the the. It honestly is kind of a shocker. I think that's what's so cool. And you look at the face boxes and like the, the skinny monster boxes with all the paint and the different colors, they're different. You know what I mean? But he does everything very Cuban style. Like that's got a triple cap on it. This has a triple cap on it. I'm pretty sure these have triple caps. Yeah. I think he triple caps everything that he has. So, um, Russian. Yeah, this is great. I'm. I actually kind of don't want them together. I want them separate. <laughs> Damn, man. Because I don't want anything to... I, I mean, I like that cigar, but, but I don't want it to interfere. Hmm. That's what we do. That's we what interfere. We, <laughs> we pair. We're pairing. We, we are like uh, marriage counselors for alcohol and tobacco. We put the right bitches together and we get them wrong fuckers apart. Um, no, but what we got... I'm kidding. I like that. What we got is... So... It's got a slightly peated nose, but then I think the longer you inhale and you hold it, that's the sweet citrus that you get when you taste it. But what I really like is when that, when the, the this word we're making fun of, we'll tell you later, viscous, the viscosity, viscousness. Yeah. The legs. The, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. See, we can have this joke. Maybe we'll do it in the second half. But that mouthfeel. Once that slight, slight, slight kind of peated forward heat sits, um, you get it's like it's almost like an almond or a cashew that it calms down to. Like this is this is literally like you know that picture you always see of that boring guy sitting by a fire just having a whiskey by himself. You know what I'm saying? With no cigar, there's no music, there's nothing going on, there's no girl dancing, there's nothing going on. <laughs> a fucking bored old man in his chair. In his wheelchair. Like this in. is that whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can understand it now. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy in Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah. Sir, do you understand my love for my woman? <laughs> um, yeah, and then this Reserva Man with the Broadleaf, uh, Nicaraguan Broadleaf. Uh, I really like the way it, it, it insinuates the, the spices. Um, it's spicy, it's... And this is a perfect burn. I have a picture from last Herby. night. Pardon? Herby. It's herbish, oh. like an herb. Yeah, it's just, the burn is perfect on it. I got a picture, probably a four, four inch and a half ash. And just as I snapped the picture, dink, right in the well, little Well, at least bucket. the Russians stopped stacking dimes. 
Exactly. He's going to do it now. He's gonna do it now. <laughs> yeah. I saw it said it. He was like, yeah. I'm on it. Yep. Let me get two rolls out of this bitch. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're hanging out at the Martini Bar Ranch. We're kicking it here. We're starting with, uh, we have put the six away. When we get done with this, we're going to move on. Um, I'll let the cowboy pick. We did uh, pick something up today um, that we all thoroughly enjoy. This is just the new pick. So, and then we got some good stuff here as well. I saw yeah. the the Russian stuff something in his backpack that's always fun to have too. <laughs> Actually, uh, th- that was kind of a gamble. I wanted to see whether whether it's a product we've all had. I just wondered whether it had improved since all of the other stuff in their portfolio seem, seems to have gotten better. Right. Uh, well, thanks for hosting last week, man. That was that was an awesome podcast. We had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I thought it really went well. It was great. That was very very and i liked everybody was clicking vibe and everything rolled together i thought it was it was fantastic didn't get out of hand no of course one guy disappeared at the end but that's what happens when you go to the bathroom and you just glimpse that bedroom <laughs> I'll, just take, I'll just take a moment to rest oh hang on, hang on i'll be right just catch my breath yeah <laughs> it happens to the best of us that's, That's what all happens, good, that happens with age. I was walking around with that Bluetooth speaker fucking jamming, <laughs> kicking all my Uber show, but I was like, oh, gotta go. See you later. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like pretty in pink, but I just, I put it down and left. Yeah, I didn't stay. <laughs> Me and Melissa were just chatting delightfully at the Uber wait station <laughs> that night. You got yours quick. I, that was amazing how quick you got. I had to wait for mine to come. I guess he came a little further. I, but but it was it a great showed night. Up fast. I was like, "Oh, Uber confirmed. Thirty seconds. Oh, <laughs> it's like this message will detonate five, four, three. You're like, "Oh shit!" My phone was dead. But see, oh wait a minute, yeah. The, when I was in Tampa, I I, I, I was Ubering everywhere, and the, what what kept happening is I'd I'd get an Uber driver who who couldn't find my location. Uh, I mean, I mean, there were there were there were a couple times that, that I I learned that they're not they can't find my hotel. But they're going to the street, the next street. So, so I'd watch for the car as, as, as they keep driving past because if they if they keep driving past, it's probably you know, not arbitrary. And and then there were a few times when when I would I would call the guy, just just to ask where he is or to try to help guide him to where I was. And and, and they they only spoke Spanish, and I didn't speak. Spanish well enough that, that that I could guide them to where they needed to be. Yeah, where the hell are you? <laughs> you should know what the hell that means. Um, okay, I, so I want to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say something real quick about Uber because we do banter. The only time I ever got and upset. We're Uber professionals. Let's be. I, the only time I ever got upset you with Uber. Were. Game six, downtown St. Louis. It was a horrible night for St. Louis fans, and we called the Uber guy early to get there. And because of the traffic, he was in sight, and he dropped our Uber. I think we we, we were all in for like a $60 Uber ride, four of us. And just as we see him in sight, he stops and drops us. And then, bing, it's like double the price. Have you ever had that happen to you? Oh, yeah, because it hits that, uh, what do they call that? They call it, um, it's a surge. Is that what they call a surge? Yeah, then it was yeah. like $150 yeah, and, and to get it. So I learned that. we were that, catching, that pissed me off. I was catching an Uber to the airport. Uh, we were going somewhere, and uh, we had, you know, like, try and fly early, right, so you can get where you're going early enough in the day. And the guy was telling us, he's like, 
man, I don't know what holiday it was, what day it was. There was something um, going on. And he was like, you guys are glad you called it now? Because he's like, we're gonna, I guess he said surge or, or peak yep. or whatever. He's like, this ride's going to go three times the cost well, it is right now. There were like guys out hours. there who couldn't even get through to Uber at that point. Yep. And I knew it was coming, so we did it early. But I didn't know, once you were locked in, I didn't know they could drop you and then pop Well, that's kind of the same guy hooked you back up with a new price? No, I'm saying no. We He... W- did, he took oh, somebody he, else. Oh, yeah, because insight drops it, ups it well, 150, and everybody jumps I in. I saw his car. like you can if you look at the pay attention to their app. Sometimes it kind of pops up like you know when you like hit food and your maps and all the little dots pop up. So like pings will pop up on their little Uber thing. Yep, right. It's, it's a map, and it shows the rate for the drive. Mm-hmm. So he probably saw you guys at 60 and was like, and there's someone. 10 yards in front of him for a $110 ride, and he went, fuck you, dropped yeah. it, moved over here. Yeah. Said, I'll take the fight. I'll take, rate me bad. Yeah. Get over it. Luckily, we got home. We did We did good. We found a way and got home. Anyway, enough of that. But, yeah. So, I want to ask you guys this question while we're finishing this McCallum. Um, I heard something today that I, I sort of agreed with, but at the same time, I kind of was like, fuck you, that's, don't feed me your opinion. Okay. When you're, okay, when you're, now, we, anytime that, most of the time that we drink whiskey, how much is cigars involved? Pretty much every time. time. <laughs> Always, right? So it's safe to say that we like to rate our whiskey, and we don't even really rate whiskey. We like to talk about the whiskey with what it does to a cigar, right? And vice versa. Right. Okay. I was listening to these people talk, and they were stating that, you cannot in any way, state or any way, shape, or form actually taste a product if you're combining two things. See, all your faces right now, I did all three of those, and I was like, man, fuck you. Now, granted, I was talking to my phone, it was a podcast, but I'm like, man, comment section. Well, I'm not saying that there isn't some truth to that, but that's not what we do. We don't just rate cigars. Well, but we, we can... We talk about great cigars and great bourbon, and we pair them and talk about the pairing for most part. Well, and I can pick out we do. two distinct times that all of us were together in a time that you and I were together where uh, we were the element event that we talked about with Henry. We were pairing off cigars, and we were pairing uh, the uh, Glenfiddich Cashmate stuff. Yeah. Or not Cashmates, that's Jameson, sorry. The yeah. the IPA finish, the double X finish, and the fire and, and cane. The fire and cane. Okay? And now I do not like that fire and cane. And I'm smoking at that point in time I was smoking the twenty eighteen Crownheads, uh, the Los Calaveras, eighteen. We're sitting there smoking it and we won't say this man's name in case you listen to the podcast. Well, I don't really care. What's his name? Keenan. 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 Uh, nice guy, awesome dude, brand ambassador, rep for Glenfiddich. Um, but Livet. Uh, well, William Grandson's the whole. William Grandson. Okay, yeah, Fiddick Livet, all that jazz. Um, and he's giving this speech, and he's you know he, he didn't reference us, the cigar smokers, but he was like, you know, you're not going to be able to get the actual full bodiness of the whiskey. Well, I'm sitting here, we're sitting here smoking, and we're discussing it, and we're talking about what it tastes like. Okay. As we finish saying what we're saying, he's given his speech, repeats verbatim the notes that we just gave of that whiskey while we're smoking cigars. Yeah. Okay? Us. Okay? All of us together sitting down, blind tasting 
two different Yellowstones, smoking cigars outside, all kinds of things going on. We were able to identify the which was which while introducing a cigar, a variable to that tasting. I think you're perfectly capable of, of rating a good cigar or a bourbon and doing it in conjunction. Personally, I'm going to say yeah. if you can't with two, you're just not that good. Oh. Well, okay, you're lacking the talent, bro. <laughs> because I don't think I don't think we're like pounding these whiskeys, and I just think there's a lot of time and a lot of room in between sips that you're getting the ounce of the cigar and, and you're getting the uh, the flavors of the bourbon and the flavors of the tobacco. And I I, I, I know if if I were hired as as a, as a taster for a brand. I would I, I would want to be just that because you're also considering uh, other other aspects because you're 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 selling it to consumers who 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 may not uh, smoke cigars who who may, right. may want I, to. Oh, I, I agree. I agree with that tenfold. Right. If if you're the the master taster for McAllen, you're not going to be smoking cigarettes or dipping every time you're pulling from a vat and tasting it. I get that. I'm just talking to a, a normal reviewer. Oh, yeah, just well. they put in your you you have the only coy that you have in the business. Is you write articles, you know you know some of these people personally. You get to hang out with them and drink their product with them. But I've said this before. I'll take the four of us, and you're not even huge into whiskey like we are. Said so I will sit down with fucking anyone, and and taste whiskey together, and we'll smoke cigars the entire time. That's almost that analogy. Like if you blind taste ten things. Simple one ounce or half ounce pours, one ounce pours, whatever, over time, you're gonna be able to pick out the distinct differences between all of them, right? Should be. Now you yeah. take those same 10, put them in a shot glass, tell everyone to shoot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, alcohol at a thousand miles an hour tastes like alcohol. Yeah. Okay? When that whiskey completely glides over your tongue, hits the back of your throat, and you exhale, alcohol. <laughs> Yep. You know what I mean? So I think that statement's fucking bullshit. And, yeah. and that's where, I mean, people that do shooters, I mean, granted, everybody's done shooters at some point in their life, right? Because uh, of whatever reason. Um, but as... Are you saying shots? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's one of those things. It's, it's, you do it. But being able to... You do it. Be, being able to enjoy and taste and hold the whiskey in your mouth, which is something new that I, I started doing more and it's like started with scotch and then I moved over to bourbons a little bit more uh, because it was it wasn't one of those I'm just drinking this to get drunk anymore I'm drinking this to enjoy it and and like that flavor not right. not just I, I need to get hammered so I'm gonna get hammered yeah right. and, and our craft and pure is not being uh, about excellent tasters are perfecting um, whether we can pick apricot or pecan out of a out of a, a, yeah, a taste see, or whatever. You if you can. We're not like that. That's apricot. not we're we're in this for the fellowship, uh, the discussion, the banter of getting with a good cigar and a good uh, a good glass of bourbon and talking about it and having fun about it. That that's what we're all about. At least that's what I I think we've always talked about. No, that's what we love. No, no, yeah, yeah. And the stories and everything we're tasting and about the flavors of the tobacco. We are a hundred percent about that. And everyone that's on this podcast is the same way. I just wanted to hear from that point of view, someone literally putting your foot down and telling you that uh, you don't know what you're talking about because you're smoking a cigar. Yeah, and and I I tend to agree with you. I can and see both that, sides sir? of it, but for what we do, I, I think we're we're right on on. Yeah, what you got, Russia? Well, I was just thinking. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I there are, there are you know 
uh, just this is so, somewhat related. Um, I start. I, I bought this and I started taking it with me on on all distillery tours because I got tired of going to, to yeah, distilleries. Yeah, get one. Of and, those. They, and they talk about you know how how, how you should. They're they're t they're talking up on their great products and 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 the great story and 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 and, and all of this this cool production methods that they that they've employed in, in producing what's in the bottle. And then they then they fucking serve it to you in a plastic cup, and I hate that. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I don't even time going on that, dude. Shit. So I that won't is crazy. name right. a company right. or a business or whether or not I was there. <laughs> I was okay. I was there. I I lost all respect for two quote unquote sommeliers. At one point, we're sitting down and we are discussing a certain line of whiskey that I've tell you later line of whiskey that may or may not deal with and sell and we're sitting here and i'm discussing this and i pull out you know about 12 glen cairns okay and i'm like hey you get there's an importance about having alcohol in glass because alcohol does eat plastic rubber it will actually start to break down the mineral side of it and taint everything you're eating right that's why I like rubber ice cubes <laughs> steel ice cubes <laughs> One, there's nothing more funny than when someone grabs a handful of steel ice cubes, drops them in a rocks glass, and the glass breaks. <laughs> but we're all talking, and we're hitting these reference points. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We're, we're, we're jiving. We're rolling. Like, we're playing off each other. We're doing this. We're doing that. I'm over here talking. I look back, and they've poured this whiskey into, you know, like when you go to the doctor, and they give you a couple of ibuprofen in that little stupid cup with yep. the car car cartoon yep. characters yeah. on it? <laughs> And I'm like, literally, what the fuck are you doing? Well, we didn't want to get the glasses dirty. What? Okay. I literally, I, 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 I literally, I went mute. I kind of, I buttoned up. I didn't know what to say. I stopped. And they're like, uh, Mark, will you continue? I'm like, I can't. I, I can't do this. <laughs> I'm, and I'm the only one sitting here with my Glen Cairn tasting it. And they're like, well, you know, it's got kind of a, um, and some of these guys are talking. They're like, well, it's got kind of a, um, like a, a, a bland draw on the tongue. I went, yeah, it's the paper dissolving in the cup. Yeah. <laughs> a paper cup? I'm I like, mean, dude, there's every, a problem when you get yeah. done and you do this with your fingers and the whole freaking bottom of the cup shreds. <laughs> yeah, you drank half of it, bro. <laughs> I can't tell you, solo cups, styrofoam cups, you know, when you pull in and get a, a, a you know, my wife will always get a refreshment or a soda. Cool. I can taste the resin off those cups. Um, and it drives me crazy. So I, I can't believe that you would think that. Even when I was, um, Joey, what I would say to my wife, I'm like, how do, we, how much we got for a party tonight? She goes, ten bucks. I'm like, fantastic. I'm gonna go down. I get some of them forty ounce Miller High Life champagne of beers, <laughs> and I would pour them in little glasses, and it was beautiful. But put it in glasses. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's my little rant on that. Sorry. But yeah, I just thought that would be an interesting question. Um, now, I can like a, the point you made. If, if you were the taster for a company, no, you can't be eating pizza and pulling from a vat and doing alcohol tasting. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? This one's a little greasy. Yeah. There's a little something on the on the lip here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And you got a pepperoni sitting on your shirt. No, you can't do that. I get that, right? I'm with that, okay? That's also like, uh, you know, you can't be tasting raw tobacco and chain-smoking American spirits while you're, you know, 
Yeah, you know, okay, it's, it's a little rasp in the throat, and uh, it kind of burns the lips. Okay, you're fucking fired. You're fired. Okay, get out, bro. You're done. Um, so, but I, yeah, not to interrupt you, but we're going to move on because my glass is empty, number one. But the last thing I'd like to say about, I got it, about the... Um, Plastic. About the uh, the number five, six, or the six, right? I would. That's my new favorite, and I'll tell you why. Because man, it danced around uh, my uh, taste buds. Me. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first on Crap. The Bourbon Cowboy saying that's his Scotch. new favorite. It was like you had the PD nose, and then you drop it in there, and it was just dancing around my. My taste buds. It was like a, a fun little Jimmy, circus Johnny, going on and there. Jose, and Ron. Were call just it legs. Scum. Call it what? What is that? So, Vashi, Vishi, viscosity, viscosity, whatever. So, it was dancing around my buds. I loved it. But we're moving on. But go ahead. Just, got I was right? just going to ask what, why the uh, why this is, is, is such a jump in the price point. Well, see, we we talked about that. Literally, when I like, oh, I think that's Mark. When I looked down at you when you're walking, up, I was like, oh, oh. Hey. there's like a. I was saying, I I wonder if because it's it's the last one you know what i mean okay, okay perfect five was like 110 115 right yeah okay that was 144 and did you find what i the one i yeah found the one you was found was 148 yeah oh okay yeah. so or, or 149 80 whatever yeah 150 so for you know rounding reasons it went from 110 to 120 to 140 150 now I know it's only you know ten twenty dollars per bottle, but that's you know the thing that was unique about the additions that I found interesting was you had classic cut right, which is McAllen's cast strength, yeah. they're barrel proof, you know one eleven or something like that, and then you had these unique like the last unique um, expansion or expression that was available in the states. So you I, know what I mean? So I thought that maybe they were they they had started that to compete with. Uh, Glenmorangie because they had their kind of experimental series and they changed it you know every well, year if, oh that's a fun conversation who do you think what, I, I'll tell you who won what McCallum set that at cork yeah I don't know I, I, and, and I didn't like all of those Glenmorangies I liked no, some of them not at all but what Glenmorangie did is they probably did about 20 in the six years that the six of these came out so the odds aren't in your fucking favor. <laughs> you know, I mean, because there were there were some hard passes on those Glenmore, and there were some additions that you could step off of. You know, like that three that was done with the French restaurateur, right? Edition three was good, but it was too crispy on the tongue. It was too like Pilsnery. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. carbonation never stopped. But then like edition four, the one that was done with the the French perfumist, or I may have those backwards. Green label four, yellow label three. Okay. Four was. It was the most aromatic whiskey I've ever had in my life. You know, like it was, I think it was the first whiskey that what you picked up on the nose, you tasted. Like it, it translated perfectly, you know? Um, it was it was really cool. And it sucks that this will be the last one. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to go get another one. So we've got a full one that can, you know, stay for a little bit. Yeah, but you know how that is. I'm retired. Oh, he's back. So, in saying um, that, which okay, got yeah, no response. Let's, uh, Tyson, Tyson, Roy Jones. That was like a sportsy little. Oh, hey, like, little Jeff. Oh, he's so you retiring. Saw, you no, saw he's it. coming out of retirement. Then uh, Jake Paul on that card fought Nate Robinson, right, and starched him, hit him, knocked him out cold, right. There was some 
um, I don't know who these people are. These two uh, ex, um, they used to work for ESPN. Um, they got an interview with him. The question they asked him was, Jake, so tell us, was it racist that you knocked a black man out on TV? He goes, okay, that's a stupid question. But two, no matter what your skin color is, we both signed up for a sport where you punch each other in the face. He goes, would it have been racist if he knocked me out? And she goes, no. And he goes, okay, let this fucking kind <laughs> gets all. I'm like, literally, that's, that's an interview you get. That's ridiculous. That's an, for a kid, a 23 year old kid that's worth $28 million if he's racist because he knocked a butt. Really? That's like saying two Hispanic boxers getting in a ring is a chicken fight. So they're just manufacturing controversy. Because yeah, they they're, want- they're drawing the, and, and actually one of the guys that was listening to this and showing it, he goes, they did their job. And the other guy's like, what do you mean? He goes, all three of us agree they're fucking idiots, but we're all talking about it. We're all putting the content out there. And I was like, well, damn it. And you made a point. It sucks so bad that that's a point you have to agree with. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So okay, this next Dr. bourbon we're into is one we've had on the podcast before. And Actually, sorry. Oh, okay. I just yeah, finished. Here. Sorry, yeah, here. catching up. Well, I'm... Uh, here, poor, go ahead. Do it. Anyway, what we're uh, gotten ready, getting ready to taste again is New Riff. Now, New Riff has, um, I, I want to say the story goes, they had a nine-month exclusive. They're probably coming close to the end. One-year exclusive. It stops in January. At, at uh, Total Wine and More. And um, Mark picked up the New Riff single barrel, and um, it's 103.6. And it's their barrel pick. Yeah, this is Total Wine's 2020 barrel pick. And yeah. it, it read it, it tells you on there uh, the still date and bottle date. Yeah, it's a four year. And um, they got notes on here like cinnamon. Not, not, yep. We don't read those. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Um, anyway. Because everyone would be like, oh my God, this is cinnamon. Baking spice. <laughs> Baking spices. There's a little yeah. paprika on the side. <laughs> uh, cheers, guys. Yeah, we like to just maybe, if we found one of those notes, we're like, oh, look, they do have one of mine on here. Okay, that C. <laughs> you need that positive affirmation? Now, that nose, that nose does kind of have like a vanilla icing, right? Oh, yeah, it does. Now, you know what's really interesting, and before I start talking about what I think of this, it would be nice to uh, compare, um, now that we have some Last of these. Year's. Well, the barrel, got, the barrel pick that I have from House of Bourbon. Well, from so you, you've got the 19 House, uh, barrel, House of Bourbon in Lexington. Yep. I've got the 19 total line, and now we've got the 20 total line. This would be a All cool, barrel picks. All barrel picks. This would be a cool blind flight yeah it would be okay so you said sentiment we'll wait for the russian to get back i think that's I the could, only one i saw I well i think i could see why you put cinnamon on there but the cinnamon i'm getting is more like a hot tamale yeah cin- big red gum cinnamon. big red yep. you know what i mean big red. yeah i agree with you. not not um that's good not that like uh, i don't i don't give you kudos enough 
the big red. I, I like well, that. It's, 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 it's sweet, and it's a little we're spicy. We're not going as far as say hot damn, but the big red, nah, I get Hot it. damn. No, we're not there. But I, so, but I can see cinnamon on that. Um, other than that, it's got, it's like, uh, I think you call it like tannings, you know, like, like barrel remnants. Um, there's, uh, there's some wood, but it's, it's almost like, uh, like cedar. It's not, I don't think it's oak. And that's just, that's just one sip. I mean, we'll, we'll keep going from there, but initially, but I think the nose on that is very much like that, that fresh out the fricking oven vanilla. Oh, I said icing, didn't I? I meant cake, icing. like a, yep. a white cake. Is you okay. call it vanilla cake? Like a white cake? Well, just like a typical cake with nothing on it. Well, and then the other thing too is, and this is another thing me and you've talked about much, is that this is, what did I say, 103? 103, yeah. 103. And I don't get like, um, I get a real smooth through the mouth and then finish um, just a little bit. And I don't even like to call it a burn, but you can, you can feel it going down. Well, that's what smooth. I'm waiting to that yeah. big red thing. Yep. Yeah, and that's and that's where when you said big red, I'm like, yep. So never eaten. Rush, I want you to sip that. Okay. Now, mind you, we heard cinnamon. Okay. The cinnamon I'm giving it, where I can't pick that up, it's like a hot tamale or big red chewing gum. And I think that Hodge, the way you said it, is exactly what I'm trying to mean. When it goes down, there is like this. Almost like, you know, a little aftertaste, a little saliva heat, but it's it's sweet across the tongue. Like it's kind of in the gums a little. It's like sugary. I guess you could say like some honey on the nose maybe, you know? Yeah, but the nose isn't like the, the flavor. <clears throat> it does have that, that tingly effect too that the tingling effect. Yeah. Can I say something just happened to me? Probably. It doesn't happen often. You know when you know that two things go together and this is a biological thing? When you take two components, uh, one wet, one solid, air, you know, a gas versus solid, whatever, and you use your mouth, when your mouth immediately salivates, it means that your balance is right. Your pH balance is perfect on your tongue. That's really interesting. <laughs> but but what, ha what I'm really enjoying on this Reserva against this right away, this is a spice dance. So that big red kind of thing I'm talking about here um, is really every draw from the cigar is heightening that, that spice and that kind of thick, um, uh, rubbery kind of texture you get from the broadleaf. Very much so. Russian, what do you think, buddy? <clears throat> this actually, I think it complements the cigar better. Uh, actually, I think what I what I didn't like about the the cigar pairing with the McCollin was that the cigar kind of overpowered some of the some of the qualities of of of, of the the. Scotch, and I think that um, with, with something like that, where it has some of the, some of some of those those more delicate sweet notes, um, that's where I have a really hard time creating my own pairings too. Well, see, I I, I want you to continue, but I like what you said. Like, I'm going to save the rest of this bottle for a time where we're like 
at the farm around a fire inside or we're at your house a fire inside your house a fire inside if we're at one of our places at fire inside you know it's just there's going to be that day in january february we're hanging out it's just too damn cold to sit outside and have a cigar comfortably where you're not sucking it down trying to hope the smoke warms your you know, blowing it into your jacket it's cool it's heat combustion we'll pour that again just sitting there talking to playing a card game or listening to music or just dancing around because i, I do agree with what you said and i think that's 99 percent of scotches there are too many subtle sweet notes and it's a proof thing too right like there is one thing we say about pairing if you're smoking a, a heavy spicy full body cigar it's got a lot of body to it a lot of smoke you're gonna muff out those sweet notes in a lower proof anything whether it's a bourbon a, a, a whiskey a scotch it's gonna muff them out but go ahead well i and, and actually that's one of the things I, I i do like about this what what's the proof on this by the way 103 okay well so i mean i i, I like the, the the spicier full-bodied cigars that's usually kind of what i what i gravitate to and and um so i i, I like having a drink that can stand up to that so I mean, on the other hand, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not dismissing that McCollin at all. I mean, it, 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 it's excellent. I'd, I'd, I'd spray that as a cologne. I mean, I really, I think that they were, that, I think they really kind of tapped into that too. Well, if it's going to be your last dance, <laughs> make it the good ones. Yeah. See, this cigar for me has got a lot of flavor in it. The, the Tatoaje Black Label. Um, and I liked it with the McAllen because there was some differentiality in it and it had some flavors that the cigar didn't. So I was enjoying both of them separately. Now, in saying that, now moving on to the new riff, these two are almost the same. I mean, I'm feeling spice and a lot of good flavors and these are very similar flavors in this pairing than like the other if that makes any sense well yeah, no, are, yeah I, I see these are very similar it's the the this is one of those rare moments where you know i i've talked as long as you guys know me when we've been together drinking i've always been like look don't go body to body don't go strength to strength because one thing will always be stronger right yeah at, at least and i think the agreeance is there with tatuaje especially what we're smoking you know karloff's black label reserve broadleaf the strength profile, the output of that Nicaraguan tobacco is, it, it, it's an exact match to the build on this new riff. See, that's why, uh, and I don't mean like jumping around, but I, I think that's why me and you like that Particus too, with uh, the pack. Oh, the, the Particus that we had with the, the number pack. Number four Maduro, yeah. Okay, that Particus four that we had with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Pack Five. With the Pack Five, I enjoyed that because that cigar was smooth and it had some good flavors. But then you were enjoying that, and then you got that beautiful rum finish, and I, it was like enjoying two things that really. Yeah, well, that and that's kind of the same way I felt with this, and. Uh, I'm all fucked up on my numbers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> pack five, pack six, pack four, pack two. I'm like, my Big God, ten. is anybody keeping score? There's so many fucking it's numbers. It's only six numbers. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even in double digits, it's, dude. It's been a long week. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of felt like this and this were kind of like that 
because I was enjoying the cigar, but then bam, I have a drink of that. And I was like, man, those are two really nice things happening. Now, when I do this one, it's like, it's like one bad motherfucker with another bad motherfucker. It's all one bad motherfucker. Right. These are kind of marrying real, real similar, uh, if that makes any sense. Yes, you did very well. I'll reference like- all right, uh, I'm out for a little bit. One, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> one of the articles that the Mad Russian wrote with that bad bitch bourbon, uh, right? Bad bitch bourbon? A two bitch. Two bitch, two bitch. No, yeah. Bad bitch was whatever. <laughs> oh, because I called it bad bitch. Yeah, you called the drink the bad bitch. But and by that the way, was we wanted to call that Granny's batch, Granny's bitch. Granny's, Granny's bitch. Granny's I I think we all looked at that bottle and said, "This says bitch." <laughs> oh, batch. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, shit. Have been better at Granny's. I'm bitch. just gonna take every bottle we have with a little permanent marker and. He, <laughs> said it but uh, even even in that, like we talked about the way that. The reason I think that you want to, and I don't think this is proven, any any tobacco, any most tobacconists that are involved in spirits should tell you this too. When you're pairing, you want opposites, okay? So if you're smoking a very strong cigar, you gotta think of it like hot sauce and water, yeah. okay? Hot sauce tingles your tongue, get up there and dance a little bit, cool it down, go in for seconds, go in for thirds, right? Oh my gosh. So with. Go. With a cigar, when you've got very full, but it doesn't even have to be a strong cigar. I'm not talking uh, full strength. It could be a it could be a mild cigar, but it, it's got so much body, so much smoke output. That smoke is going to cover every portion of your palate, whether you want it to or not. Whatever you're drinking, depending on whether you let it sit or you just sip it back, it's going to go quick. Yeah. Right. So what you want is you want this kind of offsetting. You want to ride high on one or the other. So like if I'm smoking a, a Edmundo Mani number two, okay, a Cuban number two, the, the, the best Cuban ever rolled hands down. That cigar by itself is like rolling up paper towels and smoking a paper towel, okay? There's nothing to it. But now when you take that and you pin it on a, any bookers at 123 plus, a cast strength scotch, yeah, um, if, if you've got a, a, a gin martini, something very floral, very, very hoppity, what that does is it cools your palate back down. It allows the alcohol to express the tobacco. It does a unique pairing kind of thing. What we have here through these tatuajes is like you said, this weird marrying effect. This is one of those rare moments where the whiskey meets the cigar and they're just cuddle fucking up the road. Yeah. Everything's good to go. This is spooning. They are spooning. <laughs> we are okay. in the spooning stage. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm against the Russian on this one. I love the, well, of course, he's smoking a little different cigar, but I like the first pairing than this one. And saying that, though, I will tell you something funny. Yes, when I go to controversy. The farm, <laughs> when I go to the farm, normally after my work is done and I'm getting ready to get into my night, I blend up a beautiful pina colada. And I always, I really don't think about it because I'm just, I'm wanting my pina colada, but I always light up a cigar and I always say to myself, holy shit, uh, finding a cigar that pairs with a pina colada is not easy. They're fighting each other the whole way because I usually walk up to the lake, walk around. I should probably bring a very nice creamy puffy, like, you know, a bit of great pairing with the pina colada is that the bowl. Uh, was it last year or this year? Uh, it was probably this year. 19. No, 19. It, it was, was the 19. It was, it was a cream yeah. puff. Very mild, very puffy. That might be good. But I, I need to find one to pair with my pina colada because what I've been doing lately is not. Uh, you know what good. you pair with the pina colada? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Well, we are cigar smokers. So, so the, actually, and I, I like pina coladas too, but that's that's actually oh, a nice acid blondie would do would do well. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that's actually that, that's actually one one cocktail that I I wouldn't pair with a cigar because um, it because 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 it coats the inside of your mouth. And and this is this ties into that viscosity conversation that I uh, most the most of which I, I missed, but because because it kind of coats your 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 tongue, it, that creamy cocoa is creaming your uh, yeah creaming be, your whole taste buds. Yeah, it, it it kind of it, it I, I think it it inhibits your ability to discern the, the 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 more subtle qualities of the cigar. Right. Well, I think at that point I'm just trying to get a pina colada in me and. Get my day going, but doing a spicy tahoaje on my pina colada is not a good idea, for sure. Yeah, I love that. So, Russian, what are we thinking? Uh, so, we're, I think we're on. Well, this guy over here likes to wash out his McAllen. It's not his McAllen. <laughs> um, McAllen. And hey, uh, we, we're a short one member, but let's cheers, old yeah. old Connery. Come on, baby. We love that guy. You know, we didn't. We, you know, we actually guy. we didn't do that. We love that and we're, guy. And instead of doing that, with, instead of doing guy. that with the scotch, we're doing it with the Kentucky bourbon. But hey, yeah, he's got class. Well, we we we, we got it in. Yeah. And we should bring up the fact that you know our, our favorite fly guy Jaeger passed away the other day. I don't know if I mentioned that to you guys or we were together, but Chuck Yeager passed away at 97. Oh, yes. Dude, that's not that. passing away. That's gliding off into the light, dude. You Good live. Point. Good You're point. there, bro. I look at, so I look at like, you know, look at Clint Eastwood, right? And I'm like, all right, bro, you're up in the 80s. You know what they say right, about hey, outlaws man, or legends? You're, you're, up, you're up in the 80s, all right? So you know he's going out in a gunfight. Like he's gonna die like his last scene in El Camino. When he walks up and all he has is a lighter in his pocket, that's how he's going out. Because if, if, I'm telling you right now, if, if Clint Eastwood dies in his bed, whatever God you believe in, he'll be like, nope. So you think he'll be in a, a gun battle doing uh, being a mule? Uh, well, no, maybe not a mule, but, you know, whatever. He'll work it out. Well, they say about the legends and your outlaws, and they says, well, what do you do when they go away? They says, baby, outlaws don't care. And great legends don't care. You just let them fly. You know what I heard the other day that I thought was really cool? Um, this guy, George Brightman, I was talking to him. He's been in the cigar industry for since 1976. He was an executive writer for Cigar Aficionado yeah. the first eight years. And I was like, man, you're a legend. He goes, you know what someone told me about legends and heroes? Heroes become comic books. Legends end up forgotten in a picture on a wall. I'm still alive. And I went, well, okay, I got nothing. I don't uh, uh old man that's been around a long time. Like, what what compliment do you want now? Like, what, what do you want to do? Yeah, you just celebrate their life, man. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the big thing. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you live in your 90s, 80s, God damn! That's a, that's a long life, dude. That's you're a, a lucky long. son of a bitch. Yeah. You, okay, so 90s. think of this yeah. way: Look, if you were born in 1920, okay, yep. and died in 2010 at 90 years old, yep. you saw a lot. Yep. Five wars. Yep. You saw the first automobile, mm -hmm. and you saw a Tesla. 
You saw people blow up in space. You saw Farrah you Fawcett saw, with those nipples popping out of her. That's true, <laughs> and you saw Pornhub, okay? So you literally lived... Dude, From you've horse got and buggy the elbows. best bar stories for life. Yep. For life. And look where we are. Look at what we've gone through. 9-11, the, uh, the spaceship blowing up. Before now, you keep doing that wee, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're We're young. in our 30s. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, hey, no, no, no. That's right. I, I, I remember the Challenger explosion. older gentleman. I, me too. And I, I don't know. I read about it in fourth grade. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I watched it happen at school. So I, I'm there with you. I watched 9-11 happen at school. Well, I was a cop then, so oh, well, I see. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I was. Well, I was on my bike, bitch. What's up? <laughs> At least I miss Roswell. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then you're the one. That. You know, actually, so, uh, Rush, you're 37? 38. 30, oh, don't sound so sad, bro. I'm like, hey, you're 37, right? 38. <laughs> uh, those birthdays, they that's come like, that's like I'm, we're, I'm hanging out with, with the Cowboy. We're watching the Chiefs game on Sunday. He comes out with cigars. <laughs> I'm like, Hodge, where's the humidor? He goes, my room. Yeah. You know, like you know, like when you're a kid and you're doing something wrong. Hey, what are you doing? I'm in my room. <laughs> and then J9 goes, as well as the toaster, the oven, the this, the that. I'm like, yeah. right on, she man. She hey, you want me to you whip you up dinner? I go, what do you got? Dude. She goes, I got, I can make us toasted cheese sandwiches See, on the corner I, on of the, the way bed home, on the skillet. On the way home, I was like, damn, that'd been a good joke. When Jay and I was saying all that and we started laughing, I was like, feels like you're in college again, huh? Yeah, it does, actually. But I was like three hours late on that joke. I was going to text it. Yeah, well, yeah, at least no, no, she I'm didn't go about. like pack up on a bunch of microwave shit. Like, oh, I got microwave burritos. Dude, you can live whatever. on hot pockets. Yeah. No, you can't. Maybe when you were in college. <laughs> you can live on hot pockets, bro. Hey, got, my fraternity was one block from the 7-Eleven, <laughs> and I asked that guy one time. I go, "What are you always running out?" He goes, "You guys are just always down here getting my burritos, and you're not paying for all of them either." <laughs> You guys wear those puff pillow coats down here, damn you guys. <laughs> All right, bring it in, boys. <laughs> All right, well, I think what we're gonna do, we're gonna feed you our sponsor at from Wildwood Pub. Uh, take a little break. We're gonna go through this whiskey here. Um, we'll try, I think we're gonna open this, um, uh, actually kinda, I think it's gonna be a unique whiskey. I think it might be. Um, brought back from the Frenchie's home state. Uh, we'll hit that, and then we'll fire up some cigars. We'll have some conversation with the Russian. I got a cool cocktail thing I kind of want to ask. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Another one of those, like, tasting versus tasting kind of things. I think would be kind of cool. Oh, I got to ask both these. I got to ask Frankenstein. I got to ask Slim Jim. You know, plain, plain old, you know, black and kiss. white. I, and then, all cocktails, you know. kiss technique, original. Ah. Good stuff. Put it in there. Do the original. Meanwhile, the good. Russians over here like <laughs> every one dildo pours into another. There's like a heat bat over here. There's an antenna. He's outside checking the weather, waiting for the lightning. And then uh, three hours later, taste it. And then they drink it. Oh my God, it's good. And he goes, okay, wait. Okay. One dildo into the other. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll be right back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you in a few. Craft Imperial is brought to you in part by Wildwood Pub and Grill in Wildwood, Missouri. Great place to go into to grab a drink, awesome food, a mixture of your neighborhood bar and grill, 
nightlife, and the baddest place to hit golf balls inside. Experience their four to five bay golf simulator, full 18 holes to a driving range. Go into Wildwood Pub, mention you heard about them on Craft Imperial Podcast, and you will receive a voucher for one free hour of virtual golf in one of the simulating bays. Drop in, grab a drink, have some awesome food, amazing people, and enjoy. Look at that. All right, guys, we are back. We had a cool little break. Uh, we let the you dogs out. We let that. the dogs out. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so we're working through this. Um, we're finishing up our Tatuajes. Uh, we're going to get into some new cigars next. Um, I've got a fun cocktail question that I want to bounce off the Bourbon Cowboy and the Mad Russian. Frankenstein and Slim Jim. You know, uh, you guys heard everything I said before the break, so you get what I'm saying. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to have a pour. And we're going to have something unique that I think is really cool. None of us had read about it at all. Hodge, you have no idea what this is? No idea. Mark, you have no idea what this Not is? Like I'm a blindfolded. Okay. I have no idea. Uh, well, you're blindfolded. <laughs> uh, uh, Frenchman, go ahead, dude. Uh, this is one of those things where I was up in Wisconsin visiting family uh, for deer season. And I stopped at a liquor store to pick up a bottle of bourbon because I forgot my blackened that I was going to bring. And uh, this is from New Richmond, Wisconsin, which is one of those rarities that it's a Richmond Rye is what it's called. Small batch distillery. So I'm interested to find out what this is about because, I mean, it's from Wisconsin. It's from my home state. So... Being ginger from the north, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this how this goes, because I like rice. Well, okay, so I'm going to we're going to pour this. Um, I would like to read on what this is. I'd like to see the build on it. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and and, and that's the thing. I mean, it's got a synthetic cork. Well, yeah, yeah cork it up. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, did you go to the distillery, or is this, uh, this is store a, by? This is at a small liquor store. In well, one of the cool things, this is a 2014, this is leather. This yes. is a leather leash yes. on this guy here. <laughs> so if you got baby wrists, you can make a bracelet out of it. <laughs> Sally's. Uh, so New Richmond, Wisconsin is hometown of 45th Parallel Distillery. All distilling traditional aging techniques and bottling are conducted here. Excuse me, our distillers know that it takes time and fine ingredients to create an exceptional spirit. Patiently handcrafted into small batches from grains harvested by local. Oh, grain to glass. Grain to glass. Grain to glass. That's kind of a new catchphrase I've been hearing a lot with uh, bourbon. Well, so it used to be called, uh, I think whiskey, the, in the whiskey community, was like farm to table, like meat. Yep. They started going grain to glass to segregate themselves away from like the meat community. And that's almost very similar to like what. Oh, uh, according to the Surgeon General. Oh, never mind. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's bad for pregnant people. So, small batch distilled, 92 proof, no mash bill. So, that was also the concept. It's got a good color, though, right? Yeah, yeah it does. It's got a really Shit. deep amber. Yeah, that was the, also that's the. That's that Knob Creek color. <laughs> it's also the, the, the concept and for the, a whistle pig. They just, you know, have been catching up on. on what they can pull from from their own farm. Y'all are showing that picture of the boss hog that uh, mm. Matt got last Tell night. Tell me if you know what this bottle is. There's there's no viscosity. 
Oh yes, there is. <laughs> you gotta give it time. Uh, so hang on, I want to show a picture to uh, the Russian real quick. Uh, a friend of ours bought a bottle for another friend of ours. You ever seen that bottle of Boss Hog? Boss Hog Seven. That's the Magellan. The the new one? Yeah. Oh, didn't know there's a new one. There we go. Magellan. What is the figure on the cork? It's a pig dancing with something. Well, it's supposed to be. Uh, there, there's 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 a reference to to the explorer Magellan. Uh, uh, well, Magellan is a joke from Superbad. <laughs> oh. McLovin's Magellan. Oh yeah, yeah but. <laughs> Don't let me make it 2020. I apologize. <laughs> so the pewter top. I actually don't know that I've ever tasted a, a, a one of the top Boss Hog bourbons. I don't. Well, I can I've... tell you. Well, hang on. We're drinking this. Let's drink this and let's come back. Yeah. Guys. I'll tell you about that. Cheers, Cheers guys. Cheers, Thanks guys. for hosting out here yeah. at the Martini Ranch. Martini Ranch. I'm glad the Mad Russians here. Ooh. Okay, so that's got a, oh. a traditional grain rye to it, right? Uh, Kentucky Owl kind of rye. There's a very, it's a lot more sweet on the nose than I expected. No, um, not Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Owl is spice. Um, what is that rye? Oh my God, we had it a couple mm. of weeks ago. I was with you or you were with the Russian? We were together. And we had a rye. We had a rye. I think we were all together, actually. We had a rye. It was before Thanksgiving. We had a rye. What was that rye? Well, we, uh, whew. God, things are just blending in so much right now. It's crazy. As far as weeks and everything, especially when you live in your back room. It's, it's definitely a different flavor. trying to think of an unusual rye that we've had lately. Um, would it have been in Belleville when we were over there? We had, uh, over there we had the McAllen and we had a single barrel from um, Taylor. Well, so here's what I'm coming at is the nose reminded me but now the taste this does not taste like a rye. Yeah. And this is a distillery, and you read about it, Mark. Is this a distillery in Wisconsin? In, in New Richmond, Wisconsin. So it's all sourced. And Everything it's is great there, glass, and it's Wisconsin. a distillery. So what this does for is this me... A, is this past four years, or is this a younger well, one? Well, it, it doesn't It doesn't they don't have, have an age statement on it. it. No age statement. But it's My bad. So, okay, so straight rye whiskey. Now, if you put straight in front of it, it's straight rye. It's 100% rye. Uh... Yeah, usually. Right? So straight rye, here, give, if I miss something, give it a read. Straight rye means that it's Wisconsin-grown rye, which this comes into something that I get to do in my day job that when I'm talking about small craft spirits from, you know, Spokane, Washington to um, Boise, Idaho whiskeys to Winter Park, Colorado whiskeys, what's very unique is I think that there's kind of been this, uh, and we can relate this to cigars as well. Right? You mean, you mean Breckenridge, maybe? Okay. No, Winter Park, Colorado. Winter Park, Winter Park Colorado. Too. Yes, I do. Oh. Ottawa Wild Distillery. Yeah, 45th Parallel Spirits. Distillery. Yeah, 45th Parallel Spirits, sorry. Yep. In New Richmond, Wisconsin. In New Richmond, yeah. Wisconsin, which is the 45th Parallel. Um, but, so you're talking about what, what, what you're finding. <laughs> we're getting ge geography going Geographically smart. Yeah. yeah. What we're finding is you're running into 
everyone for so long was so used to the rise that you were drinking were Kentucky or Tennessee farm rise, right? That's where they came from. Because you got to let's be honest, all the like if you take the the bourbon trail, okay, for what it is, all gets their grain from the same probably collective locations, with the exception of a few, right? Um, but you got so used to a certain profile of taste from what you thought was rye. Now we're running into, this is a rye grown in Wisconsin and probably in cold temperatures, cold temp freezing yep. temperatures, solidifying the proteins, pulling the soil at later dates. You're probably creating a diff. This is more, I don't, there's, I'm going to go ahead and say there's no rye in this. This is not a rye taste. I don't it, sick it doesn't of have rye. That. It doesn't have that rye you do, you don't. You don't get the high rye so of the, the peppery spicy. Yep. And you don't get the sweet rye of like a rye bread. It's not there. So this article I brought up says that it's mash bill is 65% rye, and then the rest is a mix of corn and barley. Can you look up what straight... We don't usually do this, but I want to work... Do you, what does straight rye mean, Hodge? That's a good question. I can't answer that. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's, let's give it a Google. I want to know, I thought when you put straight in front of the term, so straight bourbon, meant that it was a corn forward bourbon from Kentucky, right? That's what straight. Straight rye would mean that a straight rye is a full rye for, or, or may, okay, well I just answered my own question, I think. If straight yeah. bourbon means it's primarily corn in Kentucky, straight rye would mean it's primarily rye. And, so, I, and I'm not even so sure that if you're a corn base and then you use yeah. for your other grains rye, so this maybe that's a corn based bourbon with just straight rye. They didn't use any barley or whatever. Because oh, well, you maybe can use as many grains as you want after you've done the corn. So does it does the I don't term, know. That's what. Well, what so, you said. Does I've never had anybody ask me. Got it. Well, so this says that 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 straight rye is. It has to. It, legal U.S. requirement is minimum of fifty-one percent malted rye, and there is sixty-five percent. Okay. So my guess is okay. So it holds the, the corn base, and then instead of mixing their grains, that was a straight yeah. rye after their base. Right. Corn so rye. if they if they took this exact mash bill and put it in a bonded warehouse for four years at hundred proof, they can make that a bottle of bond rye. Because it's a minimum of fifty-one percent yeah. of the base, the base whatever. And, and, and this this one I uh, whiskey wash. Yeah, uh, whiskey wash is good. Yep, sixty-five percent rye, complemented with a mix of corn and barley, with grain sourced from nearby six-generational family-owned farms. It's like yeah. grain and glass, baby. Which is one of those. It's it's one of those cool things where it's like when you can find something that's like a local. And it's like a local only, and it's a limited release, so it's only available in Wisconsin or probably Minnesota. It's right there on the board. They got they got kind of a shipping. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, aged for a minimum of two years in New Oak New Oak barrels. So it's at least two New Oak. See, that's something fun to talk about. Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about barrels, right? And we can actually talk about. And there's actually a question I want to ask. Uh, we'll do it when we fire up our next cigars because I want to see what they come out of, and I want to talk about a I heard something today about something else that really bothered me but I want to pass it up to our crew and what we do because it's what we do we're the we're the outlier um, new oak now I've said before when it comes to scotch I don't think that scotch you'll never see a scotch singularly singularly aged in a American oak barrel which is an ex bourbon barrel not by itself 
There's always a certain amount of time in an Oroloso Sherry, uh, Pedro Jimenez Sherry, uh, maybe a Madeira cast. There's always something that was done before it goes into a new or an ex-bourbon cask, okay? That, 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 I think that mash bill doesn't treat well. The wood swells more in that environment, yada, yada, yada. New oak, right? So you get a, you go to a, you go to a cooperage, fresh, fresh um, staves put together in a barrel, charred, not charred, whatever. Do you think that the alcohol draws more from fresh, well, it's obviously not fresh, it's all been dried, but fresh barrel with no char, or do you, I guess I should ask prefer, do you prefer new oak or do you prefer charred reused barrels that are, that are resonating from the same um, kind of uh, proteins and, 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 and oils they can draw from the wood? Proteins and fats, that's, what, that's what's in trees, so you can draw that away from them. You know, what, do you, what, do you, what do you prefer? I don't know, that's a good question because just reading everything about new riff, I mean, this is a product from New Riff. It's a single barrel, well, and everything you read about it, you would think it could be bottle and bond, but yet they don't. They don't say that. Uh, but, but it's a four-year, and I, I'm assuming. But for that, bourbon, there has to be new oak. What, well, but what I'm saying is, on this single barrel, it, it seems like from reading it, everything follows uh, for what it could be a bottle and bond, but yet it's not. So maybe they chose to be all of it, but they're not using 51% corn. There's one thing that they're choosing not to do to, to make this what they want in this single barrel. And uh, that's why, it, you know, you follow what I'm saying? They're not following everything to the letter, except that maybe um, that barrel wasn't 50%, but it's a single barrel, it's four years, it's over 100%. And, and that's why, you know, we talk about bibs and whatever, you know, it, they're so close to these hundred and over that are single barrels and whatever that are coming out of these distilleries. Everything's the same, but maybe it's because of the percentages that they've put these in the barrels um, that are not acceptable to be labeled a bottle. Well, and I like that. And I think my question fell flat. That was probably too much of a deep question. No, I understand what you're saying. You're saying over and- I think- And that's an interesting thing too, but I think- The way you brought the bottle and bond up, I think the difference is the refineness that's in that 100 100 proof four year. I don't know if they have anything in that lettering that says new oak barrels. They just say it has to be in a white oak barrel for four years at the same distillery. For bottle and bond, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. think Well see, here new oak. I know one question brings up another question. Well new sure. there there was at some point something had to be in a new oak. Well bourbon does. But Bur- well Oh yeah, for sure. New oak. But then they, they char it to a char level. Yeah. It ages for twelve, yeah. you know, fourteen. Okay, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Bottle and bond, and this we are way in left field because nothing we're drinking is bottle and bond. Let's bring this back to this Richmond rye. So I started this with I don't taste a rye. I don't think this is a rye. It doesn't taste like a rye. Actually, it tastes very sweet. It's not what I'd expect. Actually, it kind of reminds me more of a, a, a rum because because it has uh, the molasses. Well, yeah, and 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 there's there's there on the on the nose there there's there's a banana quality that. Almost like banana runs, but. And this is 93 or 93 proof? 92. 92. 92. 
though. Yeah. Well, now I'm on, I am in the very last third of this cigar, and uh, this is not doing this cigar any good. I uh, will say that. And this thing is washing this. Actually, you know what? It's not washing the cigar out at all. It's uh, straight lining the cigar. So instead of that spice insinuating and, and bringing in all of those flavors that you get from Nicaragua, so as a tatuaje, uh, and then like the that that nutty that that almond thing I say about broadleaf. It's washing the broadleaf away, and you're just getting the sting of the spice. And that's also probably because you know you've got an inch left on the cigar pipeline of the smoke. But you know, I have that too. But I, I'd call it this actually makes the, the cigar taste dusty because because it's so sweet. Mm. Mm. And, and that's one of those uh, when I was at the liquor store and I was looking, and I'm like. The guys like bourbon. I'm gonna grab a bourbon that's local. It's a fun just just to try it. Well, no, because it's super unique because you this is from Wisconsin. It's a Wisconsin yep. bourbon, and they call it a rye. Yep. But if you take this and put it against, um, well, for example, uh, like the a, rare a, breed is this is yeah. um, rare breeds a rye. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that yep. that's a spicy rye. That is yep. that is that is marbled rye bread. That that is. Corned beef and hash on rye, right there. That is gotcha. what that is, yep. man. Yeah, you and know, that, that's that's where that draws from. Yep. Um, and 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 the thing is, it's like I was, I was intrigued by the bottle. I was intrigued that it was made in Wisconsin because a bourbon made in Wisconsin. I'm like, okay, that'll be something different, just to try. Because what's the worst in case it, it doesn't taste good? Right, and then we give it to people we don't like. Exactly, yeah. and it's like it's like I got I keep Crown Royal here for people that don't drink whiskey. Because you know, it's it's available. Everybody usually drinks it. You I, can mix it. I don't think it's bad, but but it, it actually reminds me more of a rum. It, and, and that's where I get the sweetness that you're talking about. Um, it does. It does. And I'm, I like rum. So yeah. And there, actually, there's nothing on even this. Uh, we just saw the listeners. So I've got one uh, one sixteen. Point eight. It's a rare breed wild turkey barrel proof, and there's nothing on this bottle that says anything about rye either. Even on well, this. I'd, I'd like to let's bring this back to this real quick, and I'm gonna say something. So I've drank about half my glass. Um, this whiskey has done something to me that I haven't had happen in a long time. I got the uh, the, the shake. The, I, I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. And I, I and I honestly think that it's because I'm trying to find the rye. I like rye. I'm a big yeah. rye guy. Yep. Love rye. I, I like rye too. And I, it's this is rum. Rum. I get the note. It's it's, yep. it's it's cognac-y in taste. Not, but you know what I mean. It drinks like a whiskey, but it's it's cognac-y. It's very. There's a lot, and I'll give it this. There's a lot happening in that glass, and I don't know if that that it's a sick joke, and the rye is kind of hidden. I'm not pulling rye. It, it's 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 yeah. it's not. In, in the, I mean this. It's not a bad whiskey. Like if this was available to drink, you'd drink it. But if I've got a preference, I'm not preferring that. I, yeah. No. I, I I'm I'm right there. No. This I'm, is I'm, awesome. I don't know how you. I don't know how. I like rum. Immense. Though. This statement is that you brought this. <laughs> we don't like it. This is number two. Yeah. You're in. A, it's awesome. Or I, I'm, I shouldn't even say we. It's just not. It's not my cup of tea. My, no, no, I can't even <laughs> say that. And, and again, I think it's because I'm I'm literally sitting here drinking it, trying to hold it, 
try, trying to find that it, trying to find that little giggle of spice that makes it awry. To pull that marbling away from the whiskey, it's just not there. Might even be like a little after dinner drink or something. Like, you know, you used to have those after dinner drinks. That yeah, we still do. Sweet, we like, um, but I mean that color, dude. It's it and that's real color. It it's looks deep good. And rich. Yeah. Almost like a. It's not a Benedictine, obviously, but it would it would be really sweet, cool to light, know. Sweet now that's not drink. that's not just a charred barrel. That is is some sort of wine finished barrel that's in, whether it's yeah. a, a PX, a Pedro Jimenez sherry, an Oroloso. Uh, there are there is American sherry now. No, you heard about that. Found that the other day. So whatever, American sherry. You work that out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, it's like well, that's what this podcast is about. It's trying new things, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's, and it, it it's one of those things where because I, I love rice and I love the flavor of rye. And, and it was like I was like, oh, this is a rye. I'm gonna get that rye hit. And I and I feel like if this was poured and it was just poured, you didn't tell me it was a rye. It's a good whiskey. But I'm hating on it because it's not a fucking rye. Yep. Yeah, no, and if this is it. what Wisconsin rye tastes like, dude, you're marketing the wrong way. Yep. The wrong way. <laughs> you gotta you gotta come up with something cool. Like, I mean, cause it's not if you put this in front of a rye. Now, if we've got this, uh Eagle Eagle Rare is a rye, correct? No. Eagle Rare Rye? No, no, uh, anywhere. Sorry. New oh, Riff Rye. Ten-year Eagle Rare. New, sorry, new new Riff Rye. Uh, we could take. Hit me some rye, guys. Hit me some rye. Uh, uh, we could do Basil, basil Hayden Rye. We, yeah. well, okay. Whistle Pig is all right. Basil Hayden. Whistle Pig is all right. Then we got. Um, everybody's got a. Rye. Everyone's got a rye. Uh, High West. Yeah. High West. Yeah. Double Dude. rye. Double oak. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. a sad thing we're going to talk about that we messed up on last week, but. I, I, I yeah, just thank think, you for pouring it, dude. It's I, just, it's, I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's one of those, it's a product of Wisconsin. And, and that's where, you know, things grow differently. It, it's one Well, of that, that comes back to the point I made about different regions doing this. Yep. I don't think any of us have ever had or knowingly had a rye from Wisconsin. Yep. And, and um, that's where it's like, uh, in Wisconsin, we got... The, the saying, you know, knee high by 4th of July for the corn. Because if you get knee high by the 4th of July on corn, that's a good corn crop. Here, 4th of July, it's seven foot tall right. <laughs> in, in Missouri. All right, I will say this. <laughs> no cigar. Mm-hmm. It's... So, I don't know, are you pulling a rye from it? No, are you, no. It's like, and, and, with no cigar, no, with, with no... no no smoke, no nothing involved. Cigars gone. There is a, a, a click of, of, of a sweet heat in the back, but it's not. If I use that, rye grabs your tongue. If yeah. I used that as a base spirit in a cocktail, I treat it as a rum. It, it does I have that, that sweetness. I get it's that. Got, it's got yeah. that sweetness. Oh, it's sweet. It is. It, it's I it's get got that. a super sweetness, and 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 that's where it's like I was expecting a a good rye flavor, which I enjoy rye. Uh, they're 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 better than some of the some of the uh, the bourbons I've had, but at the same time, this does not have that rye flavor, and that that does hit. it say rye anywhere on the bottle? It does. It, I mean, it's, oh, that's weird. It's it's rye is what it says, and it says it's it's sixty sixty two percent rye, but yeah, I I mean maybe it's just the the temperatures and the way it's it's growing. 
maybe the rye and the soil content that's locally farmed up there maybe that's what's what the the different flavor is because it's like it's not a flavor from the south book closed on that i think <laughs> yeah no i i mean it was it was one of those things where it's like what's the worst that happens it, it doesn't taste good Oh, well, you always got to give some things a chance. I mean, yeah, that's what we're all about, trying different spirits and whatever, and it doesn't always come out the way, you know, you would hope, but I mean, hell. Yeah, I was expecting more of a rye flavor, and like like, uh, like people say. The last rum I think we had on here, we were down at the farm and had the one I gave you for your birthday was a bamboo. Yeah, that was great, actually. And uh, we actually had one down in Key West that uh, we're, we're kicking ourselves. We had we really liked maybe a little bit different than the bamboo, but it was very good too. I, found that one. I don't remember what the name of Atlantico it was. Atlantico rum. Oh, what was it? Atlantico, like Atlantis. Atlantico rum. Atlantico rum. Yeah. Atlantico. Atlantico. All right. Well, I guess we can put that one to bed. Yep. No. Yeah, and hey, I I want to take this again. Like, hold it. Don't go binging on it one night. Hold it. I would like to do this again, like maybe before a cigar, maybe before something else. And, I think it'd be and, cool. and that's where it's like, okay. It's amazing bottle. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, really been done well. I'm, I'm kind of, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like oh. synthetic corks kind of throw me. I'm like, I don't like synthetic corks. It's a, well, right. Yeah, I get you. It's like synthetic cork, box press, yep. screw-ons. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there's some some screw-ons that you brought. Everybody that loves decent. the corks. Everybody yeah. loves. Corks. I, I like real cork. Right. When it comes when it comes down to it, I mean, I've got some Viking blood. Yeah. Uh, mead that I like, but it's got synthetic cork. But at right. the same time, the stone bottle I think that it's in adds a little bit to it. Well, for sure. Um. All right, so we're gonna move on to another cigar. Um, and do another another whiskey, dude. That thank you. Yeah, that's it. I, I what I really thoroughly, honestly enjoy this kind of statistic is I love that we didn't like it. Well, well, two didn't. I think two did. Um, it's just my it's thing with no my, my simple thing with it is I'm looking for the rye, and I yep. think that's my problem. And, I'm trying and, to find the rye, and it's not there. And, and and that's where I'm at too. It's like like I said, I like rye. This did not have that rye flavor to it. But at the same time, it was one of those, what's the worst that happens? We don't like it. We don't well, like and it's it. different. Like with no cigar, nothing bending on it, there, 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 there's a little, little thing there, but it's not, not getting there. So, yeah. all right, well, we're going to move on to another cigar. Um, and we are, I guess we're going to pick our next whiskey. Um, we can move this over. Right, I got that, that oh. if you want it. Well, do you want to? Well, here. It, it's a, well, yeah. Uh, Haji, what do you want to step into, buddy? We got this. We've got this if, as if, well. If you want to try dip it. into that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, have Mad we Russian. had that on the podcast? Mad Russian? Uh, we have not. Ocean. What's your timeline, buddy? Because I do want to get this question in, and I do want to talk to you about this this controversial thing that I heard today. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I got like 15 minutes. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Well, let's while while you we'll give it a second. Let him finish that. Um, we will uh, let's see. Okay, so here's the question I want to ask. All right. Again, on a certain podcast, I think we'll talk off off the air. I'm not into bashing anybody, so I won't do it. Cocktails, based on the amount of ingredient, erase the whiskey. Whiskey based cocktails. 
Now, this statement was made the way I'm going to speak it. It does not matter the proof of the whiskey. When you start concocting different combinations of sweets, bitters, uh, sweets, bitters, and sours, when you add them to a whiskey, you eliminate the whiskey. You're only after the alcohol effect. No, I don't agree with that yeah, at all. See, the, now hang on, question's not done. Now, you both, and this is why I address it to you too, right? You're Frankenstein. Whoa, what are you cutting me short for? Jesus. Between the two of you, be smart. Between the two of you, um, you, you do your cocktails by the book, direct ingredient, you work it out. And mark my joke, dildo in the dildo, the, the wind, wait on the lightning. Oh, you know, there you are, you're more of a mixologist and you make cocktails. Right. Right? You've got your ingredients, you make what you make. This statement that it does not matter the proof of the whiskey, the combination of sours, bitters, and, or sweets, bitters, and sours that you use, and you can, I guess you can add gas too because you smoke cocktails, right? Okay, you make some smoke with the glass yeah. on, whatever, right? That concoction that you make eliminates the whiskey and you're only after the alcohol. But that's an absurd comment. Yeah, because, that's ridiculous. Because that, that's, that's now, well. Wait, before wait. you go, cigars, okay? I'm gonna give you a, a, a side point with cigars. If you soak a wrapper in a, a whiskey, a sugar, a something, are you trying to create a smokable palate or enjoying of a cigar? Go, start with the drink. Well, first of all, and, and, and he, he, you know, his cocktail, uh, what he does is, is way uh, more vast than what I do. I just try <clears throat> to take like a Manhattan, which I've been working on for years, just to try to make a fantastic um, Manhattan. One of the things I always heard about a Manhattan is, is Manhattan lovers, you need to have a Manhattan that's a rye and you want it over 100%. And that's why I use Rittenhouse. Right, right. I use Rittenhouse, right. Now, you can choose your vermouths and, and kind of to your flavor preference or whatever. You can choose Dolan, vermouths. Dolan's the best. Orange, well, Antica, <laughs> um, Kochi, there's a lot of different ones. And then, you know, finish it with some bitter and a garnish, you know, with a fine cherry or an orange run. But then you gotta look at the ice. Well, on a Manhattan, the ones I love, you're gonna either use a square or a round ball, but you're gonna get some quick saturation off that ball. And the reason they do those big blocks of ice because you get less saturation. Well, the, the the actual service area of the ice, the melt I'm just saying the melt is gonna be yeah. much slower. 10 times. And so there's the, what they're saying is, and what I have found is that you're gonna, that proof is gonna stay where you would like it to be in there. Um, better with over a hundred proof on a rye for a Manhattan. So I, I think um, it does matter. It does matter. Hard to get those. So, well, I don't know, does that make any sense No, it made complete sense. Before you go, what you said, the way you ended that was perfect. What do you say? to what I asked, where the, the ingredients you add is the idea of creating a cocktail, just avoiding the alcohol, or avoiding the whiskey, the taste of the whiskey itself, and just absorbing the alcohol. Is that what you're doing when you make a cocktail? No, I think when you do the Rittenhouse at 100 proof and it's a right, uh, you're looking for that baseline, and then to improve on that taste of that Rittenhouse in there with a little bit of 
flavory. So um, can can I say that when you say baseline of the Rittenhouse, yes. what you add to that, you're just insinuating or exercising the yeah. flavors of the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm at, you think is complete bullshit. Yeah, I do. Right. Thank you. Okay. Now, Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> well, please. okay. I was just I was just I was just thinking of of of. of Two simple examples occurred to me as I was, as I was thinking about that. One is uh, last year when, when, when I was a judge for the cocktail competition yeah. where the, the base was was uh, Rebel Yell because they, they were they were Rebel Yell's hotter proof. So yeah, so they were our sponsor, and, and you had to use uh, uh, two ounces of, of Rebel Yell as as the base spirit. It was that a hotter proof. I don't recall. It might it might only have been eighty proof, but but the but the thing is that they they wanted. Some some part of it was the the brand wanted wanted to, to use the winning cocktails as a means for for marketing that base spirit to show look this is what you can do with with this as as, as the base not not to override it and so uh, the, my 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 example in that and and, and this, I have two examples this first one there was there there were, there were there was a guy who competed in, in that and he made a, a blackberry bramble and. It was actually it, it was it was it was a good cocktail, but he decided that uh, that he doesn't like Rebel Yell, and he's also not much of a whiskey fan. He said he really liked gin, so the guy did what he was what he was required to do. And normally, in, in, in a cocktail competition, they actually have a maximum uh, volume in, in ounces. They, they, and in this competition, I don't recall. I think it was a pretty large volume. Like you could serve in a single cocktail, seven and a half ounces, which is which is a big cocktail. Good. Yeah. Seven and a half. So, God damn, that's a that's a rock class. <laughs> so, that, so, that, so that's so, a well, usually pour. what a two, three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah, usually usually it's like four. Did you get his joke? That's a Viking pour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so so this guy wanted to do a blackberry bramble, and then but he he, he kind of he, he did a riff on that. But he put so much gin in there, and so many other ingredients, to, to completely block out that base spirit. So, so when we when we tried it, actually, I I, I talked to the other, the other judges about it because I, I said, you know, this is this doesn't taste bad. But 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 he failed to achieve one one of one of one of the the, the key parameters in making that drink, which which is which is to to build on 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 that base. Instead of building on that base, he tried to mute the base, and and and, and he did it. He did it actually successfully. I, I tasted that, and I could I could not taste bourbon and that's at wrong. all. Right, right. So so he so actually he 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 I, I it was it was it was a good drink, but 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 he had my the, the lowest scores on on my score sheet in, in in the whole competition. And I and I and I get the impression from the other judges that that they scored him really low too for that same reason. My second example is. So I, I like doing things like like if you, taking a a a, a whiskey, I, I like using uh, the the old Granddad bonded, and and bacon fat washing it. So you, you take the bacon fat with, with without the the, the, the particulate that, that you get in the bottom of the bacon pan. When it's really hot, you you pour it into in, into the bourbon and, and you mix it up, and and then you let it cool, and then you put it in the freezer. And what happens is all 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 of the, the the lipid cells rise to the top, and and then and, and then they solidify. Then you can then you can then you can remove them from the top. And what you what you're left with is 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 a, is, a, is a is a bacon fat washed bourbon. I mean I've done it with cognac too, except yeah. with cognac I prefer using duck fat. 
But, but so, <laughs> so the, Mark, fast forward. Frank, you got every letter. I got the code and I saw. He was literally standing. I saw a half of a sailfish, uh, and I soaked it for three days. <laughs> I, you know, I reduced the So what the do you, what do you think? Down. What do you think against that question? Where the idea of putting a base whiskey into a cocktail and adding all this other prerogative that you got, you're just trying to wash the whiskey away for the alcohol. No, 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 that's the, that's the wrong idea. I mean, that's, it's actually one of the reasons why I don't I, I don't use I don't make vodka cocktails mostly because because I don't because I I don't I don't like a, a generic spirit. I, th that I think is 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 that it's that's that that's the girl in her early 20s who doesn't want to taste the booze and just wants something sweet like something to that's something, well, that's that something half to ounce jack with a can of coke idea right well yeah. so, like i just want to get i just want to get drunk but I, but i want to feel like i'm like i'm drinking so, something fancy. juice funny yeah. moment i saw yeah. now i was watching unfinished business with uh vince vaughn um and some other kids and there's a part where they're partying in germany it's uh oktoberfest and uh, a Russian, a Swiss, uh, a Frenchman, and an Irishman give up their toast. And then this kid comes in and he goes, America, let's get fucked up. <laughs> but, all right, guys, we're going to take, ah, we're not going to take a break. We're going to keep fucking rolling. Uh, so I think we answered the question. I think what we got to is, you're, if, if you're the individual trying to hide the alcohol or hide the whiskey itself, Actually, I'll say you, you, there is no individual trying to hide the whiskey to get the alcohol effect with flavor. Uh, you're trying to insinuate and build up on those flavors and, and contrast properly. Next question: what, what, what are we drinking? Let's go there first. Let's, let's bring this back to this new pour. New pour. Um, uh, another one of uh, that I bet I had sitting on the shelf. Uh, the Jefferson Ocean Ocean Aged at Sea. Blended now this is. An incredibly different and beautiful whiskey. Now, Jefferson's Ocean, Hodge, I want you to talk about the special one that you know about. But Jefferson's Ocean does a lot of whiskey the way that rum is done. So in the rum world, you know of something called fathoms, fathoms aging. So five to seven fathoms, you're talking feet per inch, per, per fathom. So 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Six. Barrels are sealed up and dropped down, uh, six per fathom. This is the Navy man that doesn't <laughs> swim. So, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Six feet per fathom. A lot of rum has a fathom aging at seven to nine fathoms. What it does is, is I, in my personal opinion, it allows the salt from the water to hit the wood, allows the wood to absorb the salt and kind of create this salted candy finish on rum. This aged at sea. Now, I don't know, but when you drink this whiskey, there is a salted candy, like a salted caramel kind of candy that I pull from it. There is sodium and there is sweetness. Uh, now Jefferson's Ocean has a range of product, a lot of which is amazing. I think I think our collective favorite is that Cabernet finished, red label, ship bound, you know, it goes from, it, it, the whiskey's loaded. I, think, I wanna say this is probably wrong, but I'm gonna fantasize it. The whiskey is like loaded on the boat, goes to France, comes back, gets done, they pop the cask, they bottle it, and it goes out. But with Jefferson's Ocean, Bourbon Cowboy, you know of a special one that was done in St. Louis on the Mississippi, right? 
No, I think what you're thinking about what I have told you, I think Jefferson has done, and and you guys talked a lot of good technical shit, but what I'm saying is, is I think they've experimented with a lot of different um, avenues to, for example, the one I think you're talking about is they um, were aging bourbon in barrels and whatever, and then they put them on a ship or a boat or whatever the, the correct term would be and Barge. took it from like all the way down the Mississippi. Like maybe they started out and I don't know where they, exactly the Mississippi, I don't know if it's in no, Hudson, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Is that where it starts in Wisconsin? And then took yeah. it all the way down through New Orleans to the ocean. And they were like, well, because of all that movement and they're looking for movement and seeing what that movement and the temperatures and everything that that goes through how is that happening? I mean, it's almost like, well, okay, we're going to load up like 10 trailers and we're going to drive all around the United States from coast to coast. And we're going to have all these barrels, you know, through going through all the different temperature changes through the United States to the East Coast to the West Coast. I think they're a very experimental company that does a lot of that, and especially with the ocean ones and that some of that that are very exciting to hear about. Because you're like, oh, okay, well, that's pretty interesting. What's the results? Whatever. Well, because they're they're doing the weird shit. Like they're doing right. the, okay, yeah, hey, they're doing like we distill the whiskey. You want to put it on a train? A well, it's plane. like we uh, we hooked a small we, barrel to a guy wanna, and he hiked the whole Appalachian Trail. You want to drink it? <laughs> you you know, he's had a barrel on his back for three months. You want to wrap it in styrofoam and roll it down K two? See how it mixes up. Let's dance. Um, all right. So what's everyone smoking? Let's go into this. Uh, we're gonna do a little longer podcast tonight. I think we're having fun, um, and I want I want to keep this going. I got one more cigar question to ask. What's up? I was gonna say my relationship with the brand is a little different. I um I was invited to a, to a, to a, to a small dinner with Trey Zoller, who's the who who is the founder of this brand, and um, I think I might have made him a little mad because uh, I because <laughs> because what we're, what we're talking about. I mean, I, I I like his products, okay, but 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 I suggested as you know, you're going with this maritime concept. I mean, there's there 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 is this really rich maritime history in Madeira. Madeira is is, is a fortified wine from the Portuguese island. Expensive cask, man. Yes. There's well, a reason it's only popping up now. <laughs> but, but I mean, well, I mean, it's like on on, on trips to, to 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 the New World after after North America was discovered, they were stopping in, in, at that Madeira Island and, and buying casks, and, and and these casks of Madeira would 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 would, would sit on on, on on the deck, and and they 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 they, ex- they were exposed to extreme weather changes, cold weather and 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 hot, and 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 that was the reason it was chosen. Was because because it, it didn't really negatively affect the the product. So I told him, you 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 really should should take the, this concept and and do a Madeira finish. And then and then I, I was sitting across from him at at, at this dinner, and he kind of he kind of leaned in and he was like, I don't like Madeira. That'll never happen. Well, don't tell the distiller of a company. That's like walking up to John Huber, Pete Johnson, and going, Hey. So, that Las Calaveras you did, or hey, that Black Label you did, maybe we do a Connecticut wrapper next year. Just saying, you know, it's really sought after. <laughs> they'd be like, hey, fuck you, bro. No. <laughs> All right, so what's everyone smoking? Let's get into this. Uh, Frenchman, what do you got? Uh, Aroma Craft 2020. 
Yeah, you smoke those things like cigarettes. I love them. Yeah, no, they're good. Yeah. Um, not my favorite. Uh, Do you have a favorite Remo Craft? Um, the Crow Magnum. <laughs> Come Watch on now. Pussy, all of you. Smoke some Neanderthals, you fags. Wait, 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 wait. This is my official apology. Fags yeah. is not uh, socially appropriate. So, and uh, hashtag I don't care. The Crow Magnum. I like the Crow Magnums. Uh, yeah. uh, I am smoking one of the uh, Pravada Cigar Club uh, farm to table things, the uh, farm raised. Uh, this is uh, Carrillo family this month, I think. Uh, they're good. They're all right. You know, they're, uh, you know, the thing about farm to table is I think hand rolls are hand rolls. So, you know, is what it is. Uh, Haji, what do you got, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm oh, yeah. back on the old Las Caveras. On that Kobe. I decided that we were going to call the 2020 Calaveras the Kobe. The Kobe. Because okay. it's black and gold, so well, it is in a home. I think I still have the bottom left in my box, so I've had to back off. I got six. Because I was popping them a lot, and especially around Halloween time. And uh, I decided tonight I wanted a beefy one. And um, so anyway, I, yeah, I, I love it. Love What's it. going on over here, boys? What we got? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in that Cinderella stage. I got to go. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right, man. Yep. Here, let's cheers it up. Well, yep. don't lose your slipper on cheers. the way out. <laughs> let's, uh, we, will, we will pause uh, for a moment. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. Uh, we are going to uh, disconnect the Russian here. He's got to take care of his uh, family. But do his stance. Per perfectly good. Uh, well, perfectly oh, yeah, I didn't. I'm not, oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> take the kids, see some lights, dinner. Yep. Uh, being a family man, he's got it. All right, we'll be right back. You guys stay tuned. We'll see you in a minute. What is it? <laughs> All right, guys, we're back. EHS, chromagnum. Uh, the e ECH. ECH, well. Yeah. Just like numbers. All right, so the Mad Russian uh, took off. He's taking his family to see some Christmas lights tonight. At Jellystone. At Jellystone. Yeah, Jelly. Is it Jellystone? I think it's called Ranch. Jellystone. It's, Je it's Jellystone. It's the National Park Ranch. Nope. No. Nope. It's, it's it's right there off 44 Classic Flags in Eureka. Yep. Um, Je it's Jellystone. Something. It's Jellystone Stone Park. Jellystone Park. Yes. Yeah. And, and basically, so Yogi, it's their Christmas. Yogi Bear. Deal. Yogi Bear. And, yeah. And, and Boo Boo. But they do their it's a really cool nature drive-through for their Christmas lights. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, I've been through it a couple times. It's it's good. Uh, kids, Fantastic. Kids usually like it. <laughs> By the way, who's on the football thing tonight? Does anybody know? Yeah, the Patriots are playing. I don't know, but I'm gonna bet on it. They're gonna uh, lose. So. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna okay, lose. I'll tell you right now. The Patriots are gonna lose. Yeah, the Patriots are gonna lose. Oh yeah, well like, that's, that's a given. Fucking Photoshop of Cam Newton. <laughs> Get fucked, dude. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Cam right? Newton. Oh yeah, I didn't know if he was out with COVID or disciplinary or, uh, hairstyle or yeah yeah we're there <laughs> we're with it yeah all right. Uh, showdown captain. We got oh the Rams. They're playing the Rams. Oh, oh the LA Rams. So are we rooting? Wow. Are we rooting for New England now? <laughs> yes. We oh my for God, it. we're rooting for New England now, <laughs> oh, guys. Boy. Right here on the podcast, we are going to do a group uh, draft for my DraftKings bet. So, who do we want to take as captain between the Rams and New England for one point five fantasy points? Jared Goff or Cam Newton? Uh, golf. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make that decision. 
Okay, I need a couple wide receivers. What do we got? I have no idea. All right, so we're going to take Henderson, Cup. Uh, we'll take White. We always want the Rams in. to lose, but God, um, that, that's a hard one. I don't care about the Patriots uh, either. I like that. That's all right. Fail. That's all right. We're going to take Completely. the Rams defense. And uh, uh, what we got here? Well, so I'm I'm getting ready to get back on this ocean. We'll take Higby. Yeah. We'll submit. We'll play. All right. We're in. We have bet. So, guys, we're going to do a long-form podcast tonight. This has been a lot of fun. Um, the After Hours video, you're going to get to see this uh, – awesome setup man like it it's it, the one thing that i can say about every individual that joins us on our podcast that sits with the viking the bourbon cowboy if, if they've got a nickname they're in some way entwined with our podcast right but we've got between all of us well right now we've got let's be honest right now we've got the squirting german the ginger from the north and the mad russian and then we got a third of the viking and a third of the bourbon cowboy that we can podcast at you know uh, and we've got this covid thing going on why are we thirds i don't know uh, i don't know eights because our shit's not done and we can't do it yeah but we could we have we could do your place oh i'm talking oh. about podcasting oh, yeah, capability yeah, 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 bro yeah, yeah. well Fine, I'd, probably, I'd probably get you're an talking about location you're ticket. talking about location right i'd right. probably get an occupancy ticket if i went to my unfinished i house. think we've been pretty fortunate to have the weather we've uh had that's why i'm pumped to get our freaking pool yeah creek guys if you, if you want to know what's crazy so you've heard the nights we've had on this podcast where the bourbon cowboys called the temperature it is the 10th of December, and it is 57 degrees outside, even back here where people get buried and no one finds them. So, What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just saying there may or may not be a body somewhere, but well, it is what they, it is. There's God, just, is hard there's just deer guts out in the woods. That's yeah. all there is. <laughs> yeah, they're all on my camera, and I haven't shot them. So I want to ask you guys this question. It's the other thing that I heard. Uh, your feelings on cigars in cellophane versus cigars that come naked in a box. Well, now, I would throw that right back at you because I, from my limited experience with cigars, which has been a long time, years more than mine, I thought the cellophane was, was totally designed to protect uh, the construction of the cigars in travel. That, that's basically what I've heard. That is the whole idea. Yeah. Now... After I say what I'm going to say, I want you to come back at it, okay? Okay, and now, I will say, oh, before you say that, I will say this. Now, I just opened, because we, we all did the uh, Milanio. The Milanios, yep. Um, Oliva, and I got to tell you that that box is the most well-preserved box I've ever opened up, because when you open it up, they are not wrapped. They are in what I would call not coffin but like half coffin all protected from movement and then they've got a cedar a cedar shelf with a foam backing with with ribbons and sell and not cellophane but like what like a wax paper packed all in there which is amazing looking i've never seen anything like it i got nothing to say no so it's I, all I about protection agree. of the, the what, I, what, I, what i'm saying is so I, I again, because I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. That's what I do with my day. I drive a lot. I, I stand a lot. It's you can only listen to the same music over and over, right? It, you know, it's 
if you're listening to an XM station or you got a playlist, eventually it's going to repeat. Okay, um, it's it's getting different to hear better music. So I, I've always been a podcast guy. Like I, I love listening to people talk to other people. I love when they combat their ideas, even when they agree. Much like we do, and like tonight, we have one of the rare times where we liked a whiskey, but we didn't prefer the whiskey. It was unique. It was fun. When it comes, and I heard this statement today. What I'm what I'm referencing is cigars are better served in cellophane than they are naked. Okay. The reason behind that was that the cellophane protects the cigar. Okay. What I will say is the reason that I think things like Milano's, um, Tatuaje Skinny Monsters, um, Padron cigars, um, there's been boxes of Rocket Patel in the past. There has been a few Michaelov cigars, um, a bunch of La Florida Minicana. Um, you can go with cigars over and why every true Cuban cigar is not in cellophane. Cedar protects a cigar. Cedar is a moisture wicking wood. It will hold the moisture as long as it can until the moisture is too high that it has to drip and leak to a cigar. Okay? Now, what you get with cellophane is cellophane does protect from moisture, and I'm talking natural moisture, okay? No. You've got it in too high of a humidity and a humidified area, moisture develops, and you run something underwater, let's, we don't have to be stupid. We yeah. get that, right? But you, what I love about what you said is you highlight the Milano, okay? I Milano in that cedar box, part of the taste factor of that cigar is that humidified cedar holding that moisture resonating on that cigar creating that wood feel that settles on that cigar you don't get that if that cigar is in cellophane right well and i'm just telling you and i've opened up a lot of boxes of cigars i've never seen one quite done like that millennial I, i've never seen the extent that they went to to protect the cigar but also protect um, whatever the taste profile and everything that they're wanting that to hold and stay as like that Milano. That That's just crazy. Like, you know, most they they have a cedar box where they've, they've perfected that box perfectly. There's not a lot of movement. Um, they have their ribbons in there or whatnot. But I mean, that one just went to another level. Well, it's, it's, it's the same way that you did. look at you look at so we can take and, and even 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 some of the higher end. I'm gonna use Padron because they're the highest end Nicaragua cigar I can think of. Some of those cigars are placed into cellophane and then put into tubes, and then placed into boxes. Whereas she's fine. Whereas others are left naked, put into a a. Uh, a plastic casing, I think is what that is, porcelain or, or whatever put into that case and then they sit and it allows the air and everything to get into the cigar. Part of a cigar sitting for a long time is that marrying and that aging effect, right? We talk about cigars. You have to be very careful with how long you hold on to cigars, okay? Now, if you've got a cigar that's got eight, nine, 10 year old tobacco in it, the pinnacle point of that tobacco where it's at its priming point may be 12 years. Now, that 12 year point may be three months for a year 12 months after you buy it 
Now, if you hold that cigar for 10 years and it's a special moment, pull that cigar out and you smoke it, it's going to be very bland, married together. It's not going to do what it used to do. And this is something I learned uh, a little while ago. I kind of started attaching on to that. I had cigars that I was holding for special moments, right? When Craft and Puro started, I pulled out some old Cubans that we had, and I was like, hey, let's do these. We, we started something, let's dance, right? Brought some Cubans out when we were in Key West, and now granted, those were f- fucking phenomenal, and they Love will stay that way. That Churchill Cohiba Black will always be my favorite. It, ugh, that's a battle between that party, guess. They are some unique fucking cigars. Thank you very much. But... I I believe like I want to do any cigar that we do. I don't want cellophane on the cigars. I want them in the cedar box. I want that cedar. I want that wax paper that wraps the cigars that sets everything in place. I want that natural feel. Now the risk that you run into is does it get delayed on a truck for three weeks in the middle of July in Texas? Right. So now I'm just saying that. Uh, this Las Caveras was wrapped. It was well, and, and and that's new because the 18s were not. Huh. 19. Uh, I you. That's all right. It was like 20. Ooh. Well, our sampler packs are all in cedar, right? Yeah, I think. Oh, see, I red label 19. I do not think 19 was in cellophane either. I don't know. But again, it all comes down to individual. I, I don't. I, yeah, but I do you actually think, know? I mean, because you know me and you've always talked about this, and we we are where we are with Craft and Pure in one year. But some of these things, it would be nice to just talk to the people who could give us that exact answer because um, that's fantastic. Especially the fact that we just dealt with a lot of millennials lately, and that packaging was unbelievable. But just as I opened this and I brought the, I pulled this out of our thing, you know, I probably got, I, I will be honest though, I think out of all the cigars I have, there are very few that are cellophane wrapped. I mean, if, if I, uh, looking at 100%, maybe 25, 40% are cellophane. Well, the rest yeah, of if, them come, see, and like all Roma craft that I can think of right now are in a box. Now, the, um, are the uh, the only cellophane wrapped Chroma Craft I know is the 2020 Craft Series. That's it. But then not even. Oh, well, they're not. They're out. not wrapped. The yeah, RC are, series. Yep. Mine were. Mine were. Mine were. Mine were. Oh, was it with the Tatawahe? Are those aren't wrapped? Are they? Tatawahe's are wrapped. Okay, so yep. the RC uh, series, they're half wrapped. They've well, got that, 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 that's the, like a half wrap the, deal. The, the, the Tatuates had the wax paper. Tatuaje. Tatuaje. Tattoo in Spanish. Tatuaje, the RC series, has yeah. that almost like a waxed um, brown no, it's, paper it's, with it's an silver. aluminum foil yeah, on it. It's, a, it's yeah. aluminum. It's an aluminum right. wax, wax paper. Yeah, yeah, that's it, unusual. I've never seen that in any cigar. Oh, oh there, no. Uh, lunatics have them in gold. The, LF, uh, the LFRs. The lunatics, JFR the lunatics, t- the JFR have lunatics, the Habano and, and silver. Yes, uh, those are done like that as well. Oh wait, Habano. Would it be interesting silver. to take the, have their take on why they decided to do that? Well, I think I think that comes into a little bit of it's a swagger play, it's a design play, it's a unique thing. You don't think it has anything to do? No, with covering the bottom half of a cigar doesn't do shit for the top if you don't cover it. 
Well, that's a lot of money to spend just on swagger. Yeah, but well, I, I when get you it. charge what it costs for that item, it's going to create the swagger build, right? Yeah. We talked earlier about the what I said about the um, whoever Paul and against Nate Robinson, and the idea that, that question that was asked created this entire following because everyone disagreed with what they said, right? Well, we've had the you lay a cigar out like that RC series. That RC series is fucking sought after, and I thoroughly believe. I do not believe it was Pete Johnson's design when that cigar was rolled. I do think that was a design idea for that item. That thing is so sought after for that fucking picture with that green, red, and white label that has that Tatuaje T on it with that silver lining on the bottom of that cigar. That picture is there for that moment. But we also talked to Nietzsche um, about his quarter century cigars and the cigars were good, but they were just trying. They were struggling a lot of, about with the box. And well, we could he also wanted that right as well. He he said we struggle with that a long time to create the right box for that quarter century. Well, and, and design comes into and that's everything. a little bit. If I'm thinking correctly, that box is a little designed a little bit more like the Milano, the cedar, um, whatever you want to call it. It's got the positioning them. for each cigar, yeah, right? It keeps them in or, or whatever. It's, it's like a cutout. Um, um, for each one of the cigars, and um, yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I get it. But again, we've always Craft Imperial has always wanted to get there and like maybe talk to Niche and like say, hey, here's some questions we were thinking about, and let them answer. And just like we've always wanted to talk to a master distiller, like, listen, how 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 do they get like from a ninety proof that tastes almost like a hundred proof, or do how do we get to a hundred and twenty eight proof? It tastes like a or, or, or pours and goes down like a hundred proof. How, how do you achieve that? What's your thought process, and how, how are you guys trying to get to that? And, and really, we can ponder it all of the fuck we want, but it'd be nice to talk to those guys. And because of COVID, all these things we haven't. But man, we're we're looking forward to getting to some of those answers from the guys themselves. You know? Yeah. Well, and we, I don't we, think it is crazy. As we think, because when I when I when I see like um, Steve Beam and uh, it's Steve Beam, right? Isn't it? Steve Beam, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, when I hear some of these guys and I, I, I hear the them talk about their stuff, he's like, they they get him down there and they says, okay, so ice or not? He goes, listen, hey, let, let's not get too technical about this shit. It's however you like it, right? Right. It's however you like it. If you like one cube, two um, cube, Curtis, three, go however to, you like Go your to burger. Amazon Prime and find, is it Neat? Is that the name of the show? Neat. Put Neat on, on Amazon Prime. And we'll do our after-hour show with that on the back, and we'll put that on. I think funny thing you guys need to know right now is we're sitting out here on the Frenchman's Martini Bar Ranch. Um, we're on his back patio. That's awesome. We got Susie the Red-Nosed Pit. We got Tyr and Heimdall. Esther. Esther is here. Uh, the two monster mastiffs that are scared of air. Um, everything. <laughs> and, uh, but we're sitting out here. We got the TV going in the and back. And they're like bigger than we are. We're going to play. Um, so, and also, we're actually going to bring up this movie and put it on. Uh, go to Amazon Prime Video. But, Mark, what I guess my point of bringing it up is, is here we sit here, and I think these guys... These distillers who've been around forever, 
multitude of family generations have been distilling bourbon. And I think they sit back at night with a good cigar or a good bourbon and they laugh about how much we break this shit down. They're just like, hey man, listen. Well, but I don't. Well, you're, I don't think they laugh at us. I think we're the most honest motherfuckers that you well, can no, no, find. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're laughing about us. Podcast, but I'm saying, but let's bring it back to the cigars. Talk about the cigars. The amount that they they look at this and go, man, these guys are just like really crazy. I mean, the bourbon is the bourbon, and and you know, pour a goddamn glass, however you like and enjoy it. Right. Um, and that's kind of what we do. Right. And that's what we do, and I, I now again we're we're talking cellophane packaging, all that. I want to bring that back to that. I believe that I, I think that as long as you have a cedar box, cigars should be naked. Now, if you've got some of these uh, plastic, very well designed, awesome boxes where you find coffins or cellophane cigars in their individual stations, I'm not against cellophane. But if you want to come at me about a about a, a proper way to store a cigar, I don't leave a cigar in cellophane. Everything comes out of the cellophane and stored in my humidor. I want that cigar to pull from those cedar cells. I, I want that weird marrying jangle effect to happen to the cigars. But I love the packaging. I love the the design factor and the buildup that all of these guys have that I only wish I could have. I'm lucky enough, I know the Bourbon Cowboy that's a fucking certified artist that's out of his mind with his art, that we can build something that way. Well, I like that fact, because I've can left do that, a lot of money in the saying, that, That's what, irritating well, what me I, as you speak. See, I like, because I like, you know, you bring your humidor with you. You've got your humidor. you got your cutter in your lighter. You know, there's been times where you're smoking somewhere where you can't pull something out of cellophane. There isn't a trash can, right? Mm-hmm. you got so I put all my cigars out of the cellophane, and if I get a box or in cellophane, I will pull the box out, strip from the cellophane, put them back in the box, and put them in the back of the humidor. I like that. You know, because then, when I hand you a cigar, or we're out, and we're dishing out cigars. There's none of that plastic pulling away. You know, I, it gets blown I out of the yard. It gets thrown away. I think want? I've learned something Neat. tonight. I'm glad we had the discussion. Neat. Because I. All right, know, guys. So we're going to do this. I know there's oh, probably sorry. still in my humidor. There's probably 10, 20% that are sitting in there that are in cellophane. And I, need, I, I think that's great we had this conversation because I need to um, delve into that and get that taken care of as well. I really like that conversation. All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to get ready to set up a movie. Um, and we are going oh, to well, sit down first. and do our after hours video. Uh, I want to thank everyone for hanging on this long. This has been a great podcast. Uh, the wow. first scotch we've had in uh, quite a while. Dip? No, no, the whiskey and rub of the sugar sealer wrapper. Um, that we've done for a while. So this is the Viking. I'm out. Bourbon Cowboys say something, and I want the ginger from the north to walk us away and and give. I want to thank you so much for hosting tonight. Yeah. Uh, what you guys may or may not see. We got venison steaks, some brat, some drinks, some football. We're going to fucking jam tonight. It's going to be a great time. Crab the Puro is going to do Crab the Puro. So this is the Viking. Bourbon Cowboy. Giddy up, man. Always. Hey, guys. I appreciate you all coming in, listening to uh, the podcast. And, uh, oh, there's Susers. Yep, she's she's ready for she's ready to eat. Susers. <laughs> whoa, whoa. She she yep. Oh yeah, there there she is. Uh, 
God, I appreciate you guys coming out. Um, it's it's great having you guys out here. Um, it's, it's very rare that I get people out of the house. So um, well, you do live in the sticks. <laughs> in the sticks. However, it's it's kind of nice. It's kind of like your farm, right? It's I haven't been on no, the farm. It's beautiful. It's hard. I always tell everybody, it's hard to get down here. But once you get down here, it's hard to leave. Hell yeah, yeah baby. That's and, always my motto. So thank you so much, yeah. Ginger. Give hey, us a goodbye, buddy. Hey, uh, you bet you don't you know. Hey, there you go. Let's 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 uh, oh, let's wrap nice. this up. Nice, nice. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for hanging out. We want to give a big shout-out to our locker sponsor, the original sponsor of the podcast, Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield, Missouri. Uh, the best place to grab a cigar, one of the most fantastic whiskey, bourbon, scotch selections you can find, comfortable seating, fantastic people, and thank everyone. When you get there, tell them Craft Imperial sent you. There's something nice waiting for you that we promise. This is the Viking. And I am... The Bourbon Cowboy. Cheers.